Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autograph collecting, and a whole lot more. That means whatever Drew wants to talk about. It's in his contract. There's no way around it, guys. Sorry. (laughs) It is season for episode 52 the last episode of the year december 31st it's new year's 20 2022 almost done well know what guys you're listening to nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by me jeff baker i am talking to you from boston massachusetts and i'm joined by my friend and co-host the creator himself the content creator himself mr drew pelto hey drew hey good to be here as always all right drew the pressure's on now right you're going to do a new new youtube video every week I'm going to do it every week. Yeah. Cause I mean, when I first started this whole thing out, I was doing it every single day and it's like, okay, that's, it's good, but it's a bit much. So my second year, I tore it back to every week and I'm like, I think I might be able to tore it back to once a month now. And so uh, my third year is once a month. And I'm like, no, I'm getting these hour long videos that nobody wants to watch. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> I think once a week is the good sweet spot right there. So I'm going to try to see if I can stick to doing once a week from here on. No, why? Because you've been hanging around with me, right? When we went before you started, <laughs> yeah. we were doing like one hour shows, 45 minute shows. Yep. Now we do marathons. We do like two and a half hour, three hour shows. That's like, yep. we have so much to talk about. So guys, make sure you check out Drew's YouTube channel. You, Drew's YouTube channel is DFW Graffer. Just to go to youtube.com slash DFW Graffer or hit my website, dfwgraffer.com. It has links to everything that I do. Yeah, make sure you check it out. Well, Drew, uh, with a heavy heart, we've been going kind of back and forth, right? This has been like the pendulum. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it. Well, it swung back to not, we're not going to do it. We've uh, decided um, it didn't work out and, and we didn't see eye to eye in terms of how the sh- how uh, we could progress with our sports map radio show. So Drew and I have decided to end uh, our, our sports map radio show, which was called sports collectors club. We had a great time doing it. We did 52 shows. We did a whole full year and uh, you know, but we're still going to do the podcast. The podcast is not going to change. We're actually probably going to have more time to devote to the podcast. So we might add some stuff, right, Drew? Maybe we'll add a second show. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we've got a lot of ways we can go with this whole thing. Right, you never know. So we we are not doing the Sports Map Radio show today. This week is our last week, and we will be uh, sticking to our podcast and our YouTube channel, and uh, I'm sure we'll do some live show in 2023, right, Drew? We had so much fun doing that, and we'll come up with some special shows and all sorts of cool stuff for you guys. So don't worry, the podcast is still going strong. It's going to be better than ever, but we have ended our Sports Map Radio show. We want to thank Craig and John and all the guys at Sports Map Radio for helping us out and uh keeping the show going and, and it you know, with a with a, 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 a sad heart, right? We're we're, yep. we're rendering it, but I think it's for the best, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I like the flexibility of the podcast whereas with the radio show, it's great having a nationwide audience like that and being on at a certain time. And 
being able to turn your radio on in the car and be able to hear us and everything. But it's so it's so much more regimented and so much stricter as to what we can and can't do and everything and having to keep to certain time limits and all that. We don't have a time limit here. This is I mean, this is like this is basketball versus baseball. Basketball, you've got this, you know, rigid 48 minutes podcast is like baseball you don't know when it's going to end you might be there two hours you might be there for six hours yeah we you know it's a little restrictive i that's the way that best way to describe it and drew and i really love doing the podcast and we love shooting the shit and hearing from you guys and we love getting talking to collectors and um just just like everything that we do and, and keeping ttm as our focus which is is what drew and i love so we are we are done with our radio show uh th- again thanks to everyone at sports map radio for helping us out uh, moving forward, you don't know what's going to happen, but we're definitely going to keep the podcast going. We really love it. Well, Drew, how'd you do with your Christmas gifts? Well, you know, happy, Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. well, uh, I saw you got you got a couple things that you posted online. Why don't you let us, let, let us uh, share your, your haul with everyone? Yeah, it's pretty good. So um, I'm actually be talking about one of these shirts more once we get to our stamp approval later on. So just a little teaser that uh, that's coming up. And uh, got this other shirt that my wife had custom made for me. So I said something once about being full of coffee, tacos, and angst. And she's like, okay, that's going on a t-shirt. So I have that. That's going to be worn at my my band's uh, next show. Whenever that happens to be, I'm going to be wearing that shirt for it. Because the place we usually play at is a, it's a taco restaurant. So it's like, all right, that's perfect for that. So we'll break that out. Got some hot sauces from uh, my friend Aubrey. So we'll be uh, sampling those over the next few weeks. Uh, got some Amazon cards uh, from uh, my dad and a couple other friends. So you'll put some... Uh, Finds maybe some hobby stuff on there. I'm actually thinking there's a uh, guitar building kit that I might buy on there. I'm not really nice. sure yet if I'm going to do that. It's uh, It has a license plate as the front uh, thing for it. So I want to go and like get an Ohio license plate for it and go as, uh, as close to home as I can for that, basically. But yeah, very good overall. Really great stuff. And got to spend time with uh, my wife and with Aubrey the whole day on Christmas there. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, I did okay. I got a, a eBay gift card, which I love. So I get some some stuff off of eBay, and I got um, I got uh, uh, I think twenty five one touches, which is which is nice to get those. And then I got I don't know I I probably got like ten or twelve blaster boxes. So I got all, I got all sorts of little blaster boxes. I haven't even opened them all yet. So um, pretty good with that. And uh, just it was fun to spend time with the family. My daughter was home from school, and my son's around, and we spent time with the family. And uh, then uh, this I think New Year's is gonna be quiet. How about you? Yeah, my wife and I aren't doing anything. It's uh, the big thing we always say is it's the one holiday every year where everybody who doesn't drink drinks and they get crazy. And it's just you never know what's going to happen with it's like, no, we're just going to stay inside this year. I mean, the last time we did anything was 2019 and 2020 went over to a friend's house and that was it. So we're probably just going to do something, just, you know, hang out here at home and find something worth watching on TV, see if there's some college football games on something like that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Ohio State Georgia game. I think that's going to be a great game, don't you? It will. I mean, Georgia's the number one team, but I've seen Georgia fans out there going, oh my God, we're having to play the best team on paper with this. So it's like, oh, this could be good. And you've got, I mean, you've got a Buckeyes team that has a chip on their shoulder after losing to Michigan, whose quarterback has a chip on his shoulder after losing out in the Heisman race. Yeah, I mean, this could be, uh, I mean, you could see an upset here. I'm hoping you see an upset here. I, however, would not bet on upset though. You wouldn't. I think, I think Ohio State's a good team. I've seen a couple games from them and I, I think your Buckeyes have a shot. It'll be a good game. I think Georgia wins, but Ohio State's in it all the way to the end. Yeah, don't go by my picks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we have a great show, fun show for you this week. We're gonna we're gonna drop this show on Friday, so a little early for because of New Year's. Uh, we have Rich Miller from SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Uh, Rich is our good luck charm, right, Drew? We've had him yes. on uh, our first show. We have had him on our live show. We we love bringing talking to Rich. Rich is going to talk to us. We're going to talk about 2022, reviewing it, and also looking ahead to 2023. We have Mark Camps. Mark Camps is a, a lifetime member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. He has a vote in the Hall of Fame. He is a huge collector in terms of putting sets together. So we're going to talk to uh, Mark in Collector's Corner. We have, of course, Les Wolf and his unique take on, on what's going on on our hobby. And next week, I, I just spoke to this guy yesterday. It's a, a fun interview. I'm ta I talked to uh, Ted Janoulis, and you may not, well, what, who's Ted Janoulis? Well, guys, he's a San Diego chicken. Yeah. The San Diego chicken. I'm talking San Diego chicken. We get the San Diego chicken next week. So that's really cool. Drew, why don't you let people know all about our regular segments? Absolutely. We've got Baker's Dozen. We'll cover all of the hobby news from the previous week. You mentioned before, Mark Camps is going to be joining us for a collector's corner. So we'll have that right after Baker's Dozen. Fast forward football, we're going to make all of our really bad football picks for the week ahead. Five games that we'll take a look at there. More from Les. Les Wolf joining us as always. We've got Making the Grade, covering everything in the grading portion of the hobby. Stamp approval, we mentioned that a little bit earlier, teasing that, that uh, Jeff and I gave our thumbs up to something that uh, tickled our fancy from the previous week. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we covered deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, politics, music, movies, anything like that. And of course, the reason why you're here and the reason why we're here, our TTM returns. Guys, we'd love to hear from you. We, we're, we're, we're going strictly email, guys. We want to hear from you via email. Send us emails to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Very good, Drew. You do it the best. The best. <laughs> Send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. I think I, I've gotten five or six emails just in, in this week from uh, the holiday week. So, Guys, send us emails. Let us know what we're doing. If you're interested in being a guest, if you want to be featured in Collector Corner, if you have suggestions, if you want to just tell us how great Drew is, that's easy. Just send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Very cool. That I think that wraps up all our introductions, all our house cleaning, Drew. Let's get right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there's always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on the hobby. I just want to remind everyone, check out my article on TTMing and autographs in Sports Collectors Daily. It's every week, usually Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Check it out, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Make sure you check out my article. Also, I have two articles, uh, one coming in, that came out in December and one coming in January in Sports Collectors Digest. An uh, article on Kevin Keating, who was the principal author autograph authenticator at PSA is also an author of a book and I talked to do a nice feature on Kevin and then coming up in January 
our own Les Wolf is going to be featured. I wrote a, wrote a feature article on Les Wolf so you can learn more about Les. And make sure you check both those articles out on Sports Collectors Digest and sportscollectorsdigest.com. They will be there. Uh, let me know if you like, if you after you read the article, how, how much you like it or, or uh, you know, tell, tell, tell me I, I need to go back to school and learn how to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, we have some auction news to let, uh, let people know about. We do. Heritage has their uh, first of the year coming up. It's going to be their January auction, 26th through 27th. 1,800 items going on in there, and it's going to be very heavy on Mickey Mantle. They've got six 1952 Mickey Mantle cards in there, including a signed one. So that's a big one to watch out for there. Of course, the 52 Mantle has been, you know, I mean, it's always going to make uh, make the news, but it's, I mean, been a big one over the last year here with some record sales prices, so... Make sure you keep an eye out on that one. Also, six of his 1951 Bowman rookie card up in there as well, plus a signed 1953 Tops card there. So Mickey Mantle, I mean, very uh, always going to be big in the hobby, and this auction is going to be full of his stuff. HA.com is the place. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll, we'll bring, bring the guy on from Heritage Auction to talk about it because it's such a, yeah. it's such a great auction. There's also so much stuff. They have stuff that's, avail, uh, that's affordable to you and I, right, Drew? But it, yeah. If I could bid, I would love to bid on that 53 signed uh, Mickey Mantle or 52 signed Mickey Mantle. How much would you love to add that to your collection? Oh, God. I, I Yeah, I mean, hell, I'd take any signed Mickey Mantle card from uh, from his playing days. But those early 50s ones, oh, man, those are always just great options. Right I know there. this. Sweet. Well, guys, The Cards Life, our favorite TV show. It's thecardlife.com. Uh, they have a new show coming in January, and they're going to focus on Iowa. There's a lot of collectible collecting news out of Iowa and they're going to focus on Iowa the how the show was hosted by Matt Strom former Red Sox pitcher now he's going to be pitching for the Phillies uh make sure you ch- you can check out the broadcast schedule at thecardlife.com and you can see all their old uh episodes right online make sure you check it out if you haven't watched thecardlife.com you're missing something guys check it out Drew and I give it two thumbs up yes I uh, got some big tra- show go ahead Go for it. I was going to I was gonna take the intro. <laughs> I was just going to lead into the show. Yeah. We have some show news to let you know about. We do. Yeah, the New England Cards show up in Jeff's area there. That's going to be on Sunday, January 8th. A bit west of you there, out in Springfield, Massachusetts, Mass Mutual Center. Robert Parrish is going to be the big name there among the autograph signers. They're going to have a trade night as well over at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Got more info on the show. Like I said, it's Sunday, January 8th. You can check it out at newenglandcardshow.com. If you're in the great state of Texas or if you're down in the Dallas area, make sure you say hello to Drew. But there's a show, the Dallas Card Show, January 12th through the 15th. They put on great shows down, down in Texas. It's at in Allen, Texas at the Marriott Dallas Allen Hotel. Go to DallasCardShow.com for a complete list of who's going to be signing. It is January 12th through the 15th. Nice way to start the new year. Absolutely is. And if you're up in uh, New York that weekend, it's a card show there as well, if you don't feel like traveling all the way to Texas. It's 14th through the 15th, the New York Winter Extravaganza in Terrytown, New York. Pete Alonzo, Frank Thomas, Bobby Bonilla, all going to be signing autographs there. Hockey player Glenn Anderson, I think he might be a Hall of Famer. If not, he's pretty darn close to being a Hall of Famer. He's going to be signing autographs there. George Gervin, basketball Hall of Famer, he'll be there as well. NYShows.org has all of the info on the New York Winter Extravaganza. And our friends at Tristro Productions are putting on a great show, the, the Houston Collectors Show, February 3rd through the 5th at NRG Arena. Boy, they have everyone there, right, Drew? There's Dr. J is going to be there and Kevin McHale and uh, all sorts of baseball stars. Uh, Jeff Bagwell is going to be there. Uh, a bunch of guys from the Houston World Champion, Houston Astros, is going to be there. 
going to be a great show. It's the Houston Collector Show at the NRG Arena. Probably one of the biggest shows of the year, I think. Right, Drew? Probably. I mean, anytime TriStar puts something on, when you have that name attached to it, it's got to be a big one. Yep. So go to TriStar Productions for all the information there. I believe they, uh, they you can buy autograph tickets down there now. So check that out. Well, Drew, we have some new releases. Even though the, the year we're at the end of the year, the, the card companies are still putting out product. Absolutely. And a big one here with the World Cup just coming to an end, uh, what, a week, two weeks ago. Panini 2022 Eminence World Cup. Big product for them coming out. Ten cards per box with nine of them autographed. It's going to set you back only about $17,000 for a box of that one. Yeah, that they're not marketing those. That one to you and I, though. Right, yeah, that's going to be the uh, the breakers out there. The, the anybody who's looking for a real big hit, anything like that, that's more the uh, the the territory of that one. This is a new one from Tops. They're putting out a uh, Tops is putting out a Rookie of the Year 75th Anniversary box set. Um, there, it's an online exclusive. There's 61 cards in the set. You get in this in this box, you get 10 cards, one parallel, and one in seven will get an autograph. So it's $95. You get 10 cards. There's 61 cards in the set. It's kind of a nice a, a nice way of uh, fo- focusing on all the rookie of the year. So you think, Drew? Absolutely. I love any kind of like themed box set like that. Those are always fun to check out. Uh, another baseball product coming from Panini this time. Panini Capstone, which just as it sounds, it is the final Panini release here before the uh, contract goes exclusively to Tops and Fanatics. But a uh, Capstone is going to have 12 packs per box with eight cards per pack. So 96 uh, cards there in each box, two autographs and two memorabilia cards. That's going to run you about $120. This one's really cool. I wish I could afford it, but it's a 2022 Bowman Transcendent Baseball. Uh, it, you get 84 cards in, in this box. You get 50 base cards. 30 autograph cards and four special autograph cards. So basically 84 cards in the box. You also get a one VIP invite to an event that, that Bowman and Tops is putting on. Ready for the price on this one, Drew? All right. $23,000. <laughs> now I have to choose. Do I want that or do I want that the uh, the Panini World Cup offering, man? That's, you know what? I saw the, the I saw the, the autograph list. Mm-hmm. It's a good list. Nice. Bobby Witt. But- Julio Rodriguez, all Torkelson, all the rookies, you get you're getting them all, plus the the uh special autographs look good. It's unfortunately I'm not kicking in 23k for it, but yeah, it looks like you're gonna get your money's worth. So that that's kind of cool. Well, Drew, uh that wraps up Baker's dozen, but uh, you know, I'd like to I figured it'd be good for you and I just to it's the end of the year. We're 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 kind of closing out the year, right? Take a look mm-hmm. back of 2022. Um, what do you think the card of the year was for 2022? Well, it's gotta be that one that we brought up a little bit earlier when we talk about that upcoming heritage auctions. 1952 tops Mickey Mantle. I mean, anytime you get a card that surpasses it hits, I mean, this is the first time a card has ever hit what eight figures in a sale price as it did earlier this year. I think that's, that pretty much has to get card of the year. There is no other trades. And I mean, the crazy thing is that 52 mantle, you could almost name that the card of the year every year. I know what I think would we say we a couple weeks ago, I think there's 11 of them that sold for over a million dollars in 2022, including um, the one that sold for what 12.6 million. The one we saw at the national in the heritage auction. Um, It, that was the buzz, right? Did you go, you went over and saw it, right? Everyone went over and saw it. It was. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, if you, if you skipped out on checking that out, then yeah, you missed out. Cause I mean, that's not going to be on display again. I wouldn't think for quite a while for quite a while well player of the year let's i can't believe i have to say this player of the year new york yankee aaron judge 
No, I think if you take everyone, you know, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, the, you know, uh, Messi obviously had a great, great year. Um, you know, the, the uh, Steph Curry had a great year in the finals, but Aaron Judge with his home run record and, you know, one, one million fifty five thousand for the, the baseball and just, uh, you know, he was the guy he, he, he really uh, owned everything for a month right for a for a good month he owned everything absolutely and i mean this is a guy who bet on himself big in the offseason too because i mean there's you know the contract dispute going on between him and the yankees there and it's like the only way he was going to be able to really top it is like he'd have to have a big year to be able to get something bigger than that i think and well what did he do somebody says put up or shut up he put up for sure i mean you can't really go wrong hitting over 60 home runs there as he did and i mean just like you said i mean that's anytime that you get somebody with a setting a big record like that it has to be the player of the year right there. I mean, the only player that I could mention that I, could, I think could even come close to that was, as you said, Lionel Messi had the huge year winning the World Cup. I think, I don't think though that, uh, at least in North America, I don't think anybody has the collectible, collectible ability the way that Aaron Judge does right now. So yeah, player of the year, definitely Aaron Judge. I agree. Well, 2022, if you want, it was the year of the show, card shows, right? Card shows came back. Uh, you know, COVID was, is, is, is a thing of the past. We hope <laughs> people still getting it, but and the, more manageable you know, now, at least we'll right? Say well, that. shows opened up. And I think Drew and I would agree uh, for all the p- problems that it had in the location. I think the national Atlantic city was still the show of the year. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's got to take something big to really be able to knock off the national away from show of the year. So yeah, I mean, just like you said, it had its problems, but what show doesn't have a few problems here and there. I thought they did a great job with it. The show was great. I think it could be, you know, the venue could be a lot better, but overall, yeah, the national, it's gotta be the show of the year. Lastly, how about set of the year? What set did you like the best? Tops uh, flagship. You can't go wrong with it this year. I think they played it out really well where, you know, they started out with Wander Franco as the big guy in there. You had Julio Rodriguez in there. They had a big rookie in every single series. It seemed like, and sometimes multiple big rookies in there. So they planned it out well, a little bit of luck to help it along there too, but Tops did a really great job with that. I love the design of it. Set of the year has to be the 2022 Tops flagship baseball release. Yeah, and I think um, every release, right, from the Series 1 to Series 2 to update, um, it will. It all had its pluses, right? It all had its yeah. buzz. Every time the Tops was releasing a, por- a new portion of that set, there was a buzz in the hobby. So I think they did a great job. Well, Drew, we had our radio show. We did our last radio show today. We recorded it today. We did 52 episodes. It was kind of fun to have a radio show and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're closing it out, but I just want to remind everyone that, you know, we did have a, a radio show. Drew and I were the first people to have a syndicated, nationally syndicated radio show that was dedicated solely to sports collecting. And Drew did, I want to thank Drew for all his, his effort. It was a lot of work for us to, put the radio show on as well as the podcast but we're we're, uh we're we're gonna look at in the rearview mirror right drew yeah it was a lot of fun to do there for a while it kind of took me back a few years there because i mean before i was uh here in dallas area to do radio in wichita falls so it was nice getting back on the air there for a bit and yeah i mean it was good to do and i'm 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 good with what we got done with it i'm good with what we did with it it's like it's gonna take a break from it now i think yeah yeah. i i agree so we're gonna we're gonna do bigger bigger and better podcasts in 2023 that's our that's our goal that's our resolution to you guys hey uh that wraps up uh just kind of look back at 2022 and uh we'll have we have all sorts of fun stuff for 2023 but next up we're gonna have a little collector's corner 
And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. So I met this this gentleman. His name is Mark Camps. He was a he, he was a writer for the uh, San Francisco uh, Republic. I, is it the Republic? Is that the the, the big newspaper? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, trying to remember. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember I'm, now. I think it's the San Francisco Republic. Sorry, Mark, if I messed that one up. But Mark was was a beat writer for for them and covered San Francisco uh, Giants. And he is a huge collector in terms of uh, vintage collector. So Mark has a, a vote on the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we talk a little about baseball and the Giants and voting on the Hall of Fame. And then we also talk to Mark about uh, his collecting. So please enjoy my interview with, with, with Mark Camps in Collector's Corner. All right, guys, it's time for a little collector's corner. We're going to talk to Mark Camps. Mark is a former Giants, San Francisco Giants beat writer and columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's an honorary lifetime member of the BBWAA. He has a vote, has voted for the Hall of Fame. And most important for our discussions today, he is a big time vintage collector. So we're going to talk cards, baseball, a little hot stove in the middle of the winter. So welcome, Mark. Hey, Jeff, my pleasure to be here. You know what? You know what? Uh, you you. I want to thank you for helping out the Lampilla kids, and and uh, that that was a a really uh, great effort for for you and from all other collectors to help the kids. And uh, they are doing great. They received they received over eighteen thousand cards and I don't know one hundred and eighty pounds of memorabilia. So it was a yeoman's wow. effort by everyone. I thank you for for taking part of that. Yeah. But let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk a little San Francisco Giants because that's your sweet spot. And some news today uh, with Carlos Correa not being introduced because of some physical problems. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, well, uh, the most I've uh, what, what I've understood about him is that yeah, it was delayed, and they uh, it was the, the, the it sounds like the physical is just being delayed a while. That that there might be a medical issue. Um, Carlos Correa uh, early in his career um, had a handful of. Uh, uh, stints on the injury list. Um, but they don't, um, I think they've ruled out that it's not a back issue. So that's for giants fans. That's, that's a good thing. Um, what, what it could possibly be that that's holding up his, uh, his being introduced to the media and, um, being shopped around, um, to, to all the local news outlets. <laughs> um, who knows? Uh, well, I get, hopefully we'll find out in the next 24 hours. What do you think of Aaron judge, uh, courting the courting of Aaron judge by the, the giants and how it ultimately uh, kind of fell apart the, yeah the the giants uh were aaron judge's uh best friend throughout this whole uh whole negotiation period giants go up another 10 million the yankees go up another 20 million and i don't know how many times it went back and forth but uh it's always good to have that little bit of leverage uh whether you're making 25 grand a year or 50 million a year or whatever he's getting it uh so uh, it, it seemed like he was heading back to the yankees and that's and that's what and that's what happens yeah i think the, i think he used them odd honestly i'm, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm so sad I, I really thought he was gonna sign with the giants uh, that would have been nice yeah as you know he's from you know he's uh he's from the valley i know um, he pulled yeah, on everyone's heartstrings oh they're the team i grew up with i always <laughs> wanted to play for them well, Aaron, uh, you really could have, but yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the, the the Giants got Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger went to um, went to high school in in San Jose. Um, in fact, he went to one of my rival uh, high schools down in down in San Jose. So I'm, you know, only fifty miles away from um, from where the Giants play now. So 
um, it could work. You know, maybe that does help uh, get get players. I'm sure it does. Have you seen the uh, Willie Mays documentary on HBO? You know, I haven't. Um, it's very, I've very a, good. Yeah, I, I've I've heard wonderful things about it, and um, I think I'm, I'm I'm trying to get through Yellowstone first. Okay. Well, you know what? Who the the, the, the real star of the documentary surprisingly was Barry Bonds. Ah. Barry Bonds came across as our nice guy, a hell of a guy. He was really you know couldn't. Talk, talk more about Willie Mays and how great a role model he was. And uh, I was really surprised. Did you have much dealings with Barry uh, as a writer? I'm sure you, you did. I did. Um, actually, one of my first writing gigs was a road trip um, in the, the late 80s to Pittsburgh. And so I got to meet Barry the, fr the first time as a pirate. Um, and um, he and, you know, Bobby Bonilla were um, as thick as thieves. And, and, you know, they were, they were kind of, they, they had their corner and you kind of, you kind of, that was my first dealing with him that you sort of stayed away or you kind of got the temperature of the room. And if, if, if you were allowed to speak to them, you could, and that sort of set the tone. And then when he came to the giants in uh, 93, um, I was there quite a bit. I covered the team full time in 94, 95. And um, it was the same deal. Um, Barry really appreciates the, the guys who were there every day, the beat writers, but even they don't get access to him like, like most players. You, you walk into the clubhouse and it's like, hey, um, how's Barry doing today? Is, is Barry want to talk um, or, or not? And, and it usually took like one of us to kind of go up and again, sort of put our toe in the Barry water. And it's like, oh, it's a chilly day. Uh, it's time to stay away from Barry. Um, but you know, sometimes we had to, and, um, you know, it was, it was sort of hit and miss. I, 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 I really didn't have that much problem with him as long as I kind of played by the rules and, and Barry had different rules than, than just about everyone else. Um, but, um, I can't, you know, I, 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 I liked Barry. I, I, when, when he spoke, he was, um, he was pleasant. He was, uh, he was, he was upbeat. Um, but you definitely knew, uh, okay, this is not a time to talk to him. And you, you kind of went the other direction. Did, um, were you, do, did, would you make it aware to the other players that you were, were a collector of cards and, and, and memorabilia and, and were there other, were there players back then in the nineties that, that were into collecting? Um, as far as collecting, um, there was one guy on the beat named Nick Peters. And, and Nick was, everyone knew that Nick collected. And, and so, and he was sort of the Dean of the beat and um, everyone respected him and he was terrific, but it seemed like he sort of had that area kind of nailed. I mean, I, I collected stuff, um, but as a, as a beat writer um, I, and, and I was sort of a young beat writer, I couldn't really, um, it, it wasn't my place as a beat writer to, you know, hey, can I have Barry's cleats or, you know, can I get somebody's dirty, you know, jersey? That just sort of wasn't the thing. And to be perfectly honest, during that period um, was a bit of um, a bit of a downtime in my collecting. I, I had young kids. Um, I had this full time job. And so collecting and, and think about it, 94, 95. That's not a good time to be collecting baseball cards. It was really True. sort of a sour time. It's like there were, there was probably 18 different manufacturers and there just, I was sort of, there was, there was chaos in the, in the collecting world. And I sort of got turned off during that time. So actually it wasn't until, well, just about three or four years ago that I got back into it really heavily. 
Mark is, we're talking to Mark Camps. Mark is a former uh, San Francisco Giants beat writer and columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's an honorary lifetime member of the BBWAA, which uh, I believe gives him voting rights for the Hall of Fame. And we, we can talk a little about that as well. Sure. Mark is also involved with OBC, the old baseball card group on Facebook. So if you want to go ch- join, you have you, you go and you say, I want to join. If I, it's OBC on uh, Facebook, you click on, I want to join. You fill out about three or four questions. And then then if you, you pass the riffraff and they think you're not a riffraff, they'll let you in. So these are guys that like baseball cards, old baseball cards. And uh, I'm going to talk to Mark a little about collecting. Uh, one of the things that, that um, you know, is a kind of a new collector, old collector. Are you into uh, graded cards or raw, raw cards more? It doesn't really matter. Um, I prefer the raw cards. Um, in fact, with the, with the prices of cards being what they are, and I'm, I'm generally trying to collect, um, starting basically it, the tops run from 52 to, um, to 1980. And, you know, I've got a few holes, especially in some of those fifties uh, sets and, the more beat up the card, you know, with the rounded edges, I can trust that this is this was an actual card. Um, I, I, you know, if 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 there's a 1962 Lou Brock uh, rookie and it's in perfect condition, I don't know if that's fake or not. Yeah. And and, and so the, there's just enough of that seeped into the the collecting world that I, you know, I I prefer it, you know, a little bit well used. And, and, and frankly, the, the prices are better. And that means I can buy like three cards instead of one. Um, but uh, if, I, I guess if I were to uh, have to wanted to make absolutely sure that a card was real, then I would get it slabbed or get it graded. Um, but, uh, but generally, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into the raw cards. Now, you said you got back collecting three or four years ago. And that's a lot of people got kind of when COVID hit, and I think a lot of people came back to the collecting. Do you have your the cards from when you were a kid? Uh, and- I, yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I have about, I would say, 98% of them. Um, I uh, have made several moves in the last uh, 30 years, and it seemed like there was always like, oh, damn, that, that set didn't make it, or those cards were left behind. And uh, fortunately, not a big chunk. Um, and so, yes, I, I do have most of the cards from, uh, from when I was growing up and, um, which is what, which is actually why OBC became that I had such great interest in it, you know, having, um, having a thousand, uh, 1970 tops duplicates that I've, that I've hung on to since 1970, what am I going to do with all these? And, and it's like, OBC comes around. It's like, wow, there's guys that are actually collecting them and, and that want them. And I can trade them for for other cards, and so um, it's it, OBC. I can't emphasize enough what a what a wonderful organization it is for um, for veteran card collectors or any card collectors. It's just a bunch of good guys who um, who are who are collecting cards and and live on the premise of random acts of kindness, sending an envelope uh, with a couple of cards from a guy's want list across the country. No questions asked. I'm not expecting anything back. It's like, that's on your want list. I've got, a, I've got three or four duplicates of these. You need them. You got them. And, and, and it's, it, I, I, again, I can't emphasize enough what a, what a great organization it is. How, how do you um, store your cards and keep your cards? Do you have them in binders? Do you display them at all? Do you 
You know, yeah, you have, you, have, you have the expensive ones put away in the self safe deposit box someplace. <laughs> Um, nothing in the safe deposit box. I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I live. So, uh, not <laughs> kidding. um, most of my stuff is in binders. Um, I, I have loose car, uh, cards in, in boxes as well. Stuff that I'm working on. Um, I, again, some of the, the, the ones that I do have slabbed are, are kind of set aside. I would like to do some sort of a display at some point, um, to be able to see these, these wonderful cards, um, more prevalently as, as opposed to them being in a binder and in a closet. Um, but, uh, I, I do feel that, you know, that they're, that they're safe and I know exactly where they are and, uh, and they are accessible. Back in the, back in the day, it was always frowned upon to get, um, art cards autographed, you know, especially yeah. rookie cards in the fifties and sixties. Um, is that something that you, that you were involved, have been involved in at all in terms of getting, acquiring autographs and are you into autographs at all? Um, I, I did for a while. I, I wouldn't say that, uh, that the whole sign the card, um, uh, phase was, was any, um, was of great interest to me. If there was a player, I'd, I'd, I'd probably prefer to have his autograph on a three by five card and to leave the baseball card pristine as it is. I, I, I probably lean toward if you put any kind of writing on a card, you're, you're just messing with it. And, you know, I suppose that a Willie Mays autograph card is special to some other people, but I'd rather have Willie Mays' autograph maybe on a baseball or something and then have his card uh, clean. Um, but um, no, there's definitely, um, there's a million ways to collect and um, if, if not more and having a set of autographed cards, um, having everyone autograph all 660 cards, if that's the number in the set is kind of a cool thing to do. Um, just not for me. Okay. Yeah. We're talking with Mark Camps. Mark is a former San Francisco uh, Giants, I almost said 49ers, beat writer and columnist mm -hmm. for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's an honorary lifetime member of the BBWAA. And that uh, gives him, uh, he's voted for the Hall of Fame. Uh, first, are you surprised that Fred McGriff got in the Hall of Fame this uh, on this past run? That I know you weren't voting on it, but we surprised that he got in. And, uh, you know, loaded question. What's yeah. your thoughts on, on the Bonds, Clemens, uh, A-Rod, yeah. Manny, that kind of, those kind of guys getting in? Yeah, that, those are, boy, those are, you're throwing some, uh, some high heat splitters here. Um, I, I like Fred McGriff. I, I, I thought that, um, you know, it's too bad he didn't get in, um, you know, through the, the, the normal balloting. Uh, but there were a lot of guys who were just like him or kind of who were competing and, and, and he kind of got, got washed out in, term, in terms of the voting. But here with the special committee, um, he, I, I, he's totally deserving. I mean, he's just uh, he, he, he's a good guy, solid guy, played on some, uh, some championship teams, um, was never a steroid guy. Uh, so that gave him an extra boost. And, um, and now that um, a, a lot of the players have um, either gotten in or they're no longer on the ballot, um, it opens up space for for um, for a really stand up solid hitter like like Fred McGriff. Um, in, in turning to, to Bonds and Clemens, um, the years that I voted, um, I voted for for them both times, uh, or I voted I, I voted for too. both of them. I yeah, I I, I I I feel that uh, it, you know that this this can be shot down, but I felt that you know Bonds was a was a Hall of Famer way before any of this scandal started, and and same goes for Clemens. Um, I, I get it that they're generally 
you know, not universally liked and that there's a lot of smoke and suspicion, suspicion around them, if not more. And, and that has kept, and that obviously kept them out. But um, I, I, I do hope that they both get in and then we can, we can put, you know, put a notation on their plaque saying that, you know, Bonds was involved with the scandal. Clemens did this and this. Let's, let's just, it's part of history. Um, let's not make it a judgment on their character. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Boston guy, and I've, you know, I saw David Ortiz throughout all his career, and, you know, this, there, there was talk and rumors that he was a steroid guy, but I don't think that affected him getting in, in or out, or not getting in, uh, so, you know, he, and he did get in, and, um, you know, there's players that, that have gotten in that I don't believe deserve to get in, but, right. you know, not, because of their playing, not because of of anything else, and uh, you know, even a guy like Kurt Schilling, who I'm kind of on the fence with, and mm-hmm. as a player, I think he may or may not have enough to get in. And uh, unfortunately, his personality has has kept him out. I think in his pol- politics, but it's kind of when you when you're looking at, at a ballot, are you just considering what they did on the field and kind of throw everything out the window? Um, I, yes, for the for the most part, I I, I think that that's uh, that that's probably an accurate statement. Um, I don't look at the, the, the steroid um, issues with, uh, with, with a great amount of weight. Um, uh, you know, somebody like Mark McGuire, um, maybe I would, I would, you know, I definitely leaned more heavily toward not voting for him. Um, mm-hmm. so, same way with Palmero. Um, it, there, there is a little teeny bit of character. And I know that, 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 that sounds like I'm, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but um I think the guys that I did vote for were Hall of Famers before any of the steroid um, smoke swirled around them. And I think that that's where I draw the line. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a tough call. And, and I think, um, you know, based uh, BBWAA um, has, has tried to um, get younger voters to, uh, to be part of the voting uh, system so that maybe some of these guys can get in. Um, but um, as you see, you know, both, both Bonds and Clemens are off the ballot and now they have yeah. to wait for, wait for a committee. Back to collecting. Cause I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to talk steroids anymore. I want, I, <laughs> I know. Talk, I, mean, I want to talk baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last set that you collect? Yeah. I completed. Uh, let's see the last set that I completed. Uh, that would be the 19. Uh, six my 1965 set. I, I was very happy to to. Uh, I think it was one of the World Series cards. It was the World Series card that had Mickey Mantle on it, and um, and I'm and I'm really close with the 64s. Um, I, there's like between 1952 and 1964. Now, um, I have like like 10 of those sets need like 10 or less. So I'm really wow. down to the nitty gritty of those and. Um, if I can just kind of knock off, you know, one or two cards here and there, you know, save up for them. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, do, you, do you have the 52 mantle? Uh, I do not have the 52 mantle, but what I'm was incredibly surprised is, as I mentioned, this OBC group, a lot of those guys do. And it's just like, it, it's mind blowing. And I guess they, you know, my thought is, is that they were probably mantle fans growing up as kids. Yep. And, and so it's like, I want to get every mantle card. So you get a mantle, uh, you know, you start collecting in 1965 
you know, a 1952 mantle is probably, you know, I don't know, $50. And, you know, maybe that was birthday money or whatever. Um, but I was, I was a Giants fan and Willie McCovey was my guy. So I, so in, when I was like 12 years old, I bought every Willie McCovey card that I could get my hands on. Yeah, there, there's some good high number Willie McCovey cards that, that are probably, you know, would be pricey now. But um, it's not like the 52 mantle. I know. You have any uh, favorite set or fa uh, favorite design that you like? Um, yeah, gosh. Um, I would say that probably my uh, probably my favorite set is um, probably the 53 set. I just like the I, I like the bigger card and and I like the cards that have that that were not photos. There was sort of this combination of of sketch and and painting and artwork and um it just it just felt so um it felt so rich and and the colors are wonderful um so I'd, I'd probably say i'd probably say the 53 set which i do have the mantle i do have the 53 mantle nice. um but um I, i'm still a <laughs> ways away of completing that one yeah, it, it, the cards that I hate paying for are the checklist because I, I just finished the seventy three set about a year ago, and that that second that last series checklist oh. I had paid like twenty five dollars for it. Just it just killed me. And same with what in the fifty seven sets, yeah. there were like five checklists, and it's like Frank, and that's part of what I've been learning in the last year or so is like all these I didn't even know there were checklists in in some of these, and um, so it's. Uh, it's like, man, I thought I had a complete set, but now I got to go back and get the get the checklists. What sites? What sites do you use to purchase cards? I'm sure you use eBay, but are there any other sites that you use to purchase cards? Um, the short answer is no. I mean, I guess I've looked on uh, on a few other uh, sites. Um, I think there's there's something that's like 54. I can't remember the name of that, and. Um, and there's like a like a vintage card, and um, I, I I've generally stayed. There's a handful of guys that I uh, look at it on, on eBay, and that I that I feel comfortable uh, buying from. Um, I also go to um, a lot of yard sales and and flea markets and vintage sales, and it's remarkable the 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 stuff that I can pull from them. Um, and it's uh it's it's a bit of a you know it, you're sort of hunting around and and seeing what people have and um you know any way i can get my hands on do you collect the uh the inserts and the, the ancillary stuff as as well the posters and the the coins and all the kind of the other the other, the other some stuff that pops. yeah um some of those like from like the the, the late 60s uh you know the decalage um mm -hmm the what was it the like the game in the game that they inserted yeah. in 1668 um i i sort of picked uh, picking and choosing um i used to have a whole lot of coins i, I got rid of them and I, I don't think i'm gonna go back um it's it, it's like how it's it's like this this growing organism how far do you want and do you want this thing to I go i know i never know where the where to stop <laughs> yeah um, I, I think for me, I stop as like when I can't put another binder on the bookshelf, um, that's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's pause right there and kind of regroup. Um, although I do have to say that I've, um, what's, what's been a big eye opener in the last six months or so is some of the non-sport stuff, um, the world on wheels, uh, the 1954 scoop set, um, 
what else is in there? Uh, the, the wings cards. So that, that from like 1952 to 1956, um, it's like, wow, this, this feels like old artwork and old artifacts. And um, who knows if I'll complete the sets, but um, it, it, it's fun having, having those things. It, did your family think it, that you're insane that since you got back into, <laughs> back into cards? Like, what happened to dad? Um, I, you know, a little bit. My, my wife calls it the baseball card store uh, when I when I squirrel away up upstairs and, you know, into my little uh, my little lair of baseball cards, you know, sending cards away, fiddling around on eBay and putting stuff in binders. Um, I love it. And, and, and frankly, I think that um, it's a pretty darn wholesome hobby. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot of other ways that uh, adult men my age can go. And uh, in terms of having, um, you know, extra, <laughs> extra activities. Yep. And I think that collecting baseball cards is as long as, um, you know, my, I, I don't quite have an addiction for baseball card collecting. I keep it within a, <laughs> a certain budget. Um, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's just, it's a, such a wholesome thing to do. Do you have any uh, unopened vintage stuff? Do you you try to get any unopened vintage packs? Um, yeah, good question. I've I, I just don't see a whole lot of it, and um, the the unopened stuff I have is just like everyone else from like from like eighty eight to ninety that it, that that's sitting you know underneath the uh, underneath the house somewhere that I'll, I'll get rid of eventually. But uh, but no, sir. Not, God, I would love to have some unopened packs from the fifties and sixties, and, and just 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 what's don't the, have it. What's what's your white wheel right now? The one card that you you really want to get, uh, you know, before uh, the end of, before the end of the year. And uh... <laughs> gosh, um, God, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that. Maybe um, maybe some of the um, like the Jackie Robinson. 53 okay um that's nice that, do you have the do you have the satchel, satchel page 53 don't page? have that either no that's um, a beautiful there, card yeah there's just a handful of that I, I i don't say that, that there's one particular card that i'm looking for at this point but i, I do want to knock off a few more of those and just kind of get it within um within shooting range of of, of completing a set um but uh, it, yeah, it's some uh, often people do have that that one. I tell you that my one white whale was the um, that '65 World Series card that I just couldn't find for the right price in the right condition, and uh, finally I found it, and there you go. We're speaking Complete with Mark set. Camps. Mark is former San Francisco Giants beat writer, columnist with the San Francisco Chronicle. He's an honorary lifetime member of the BBWAA. He is. Uh, involved with the obc which is the old baseball cards group on facebook go guys go check it out uh join and, and if you want to talk to a bunch of crazy guys that like vintage cards those are the guys to talk to if you're putting sets together um one one last question mark and then i sure. then i will let you go sure. um are you what do you think of, of um this the new stuff that have, has been out recently and the kind of everything that's been going on with fanatics and tops and um just the, the direction our hobby's going um, I, you know, I, I, I try to stay away from it. Um, I mean, I, I, I do keep an ear on it, uh, from time to time. And, and, and that's certainly a little bit of buzz that, um, that goes on at OBC, 
but um, but frankly, I I I want to stay focused on the stuff that that's uh, pre nineteen eighty, and um, if, if if there's if there's new things to buy out there, or uh, I. I, I, I basically turn a deaf ear to it. I, I, maybe I just don't have the bandwidth for it. Um, and, or, and, and then frankly, it's, it's, once it becomes established, maybe then I would look for it. There are just too much, um, too many sets during those nineties and OOs and tens. That, you know, and variations that, and. It, yeah. And it just, it just sort of soured me on the whole idea of collecting those cards. Maybe I'll get back to them. Maybe I'll, um, you know, kind of get interested but, um, you know, it's like, how much time do we have? How much, um, you know, how much discretionary income do we have? Um, I think I'll focus on what I'm focusing on <laughs> for the Mark, time. Do you, want to, do you want to give your, um, your social media stuff out? Let people know if they're, you know, they maybe can help you with your set, any of your sets or trades. Um, or yeah, uh, you can you can reach out to me at, uh, at camps09 at gmail.com. C-A-M-P-S-09 at gmail.com. And I'm happy to send you my want lists. And um, I, I, um, I have a website that's connected to OBC, but, but frankly, I, I don't know what the URL is. Um, and, um, and, you know, once, you know, connect with me and, and I'd be happy to, uh, like I said, send, send my want lists and we can exchange want lists. I'm, I'm, like I said, I've got a, I got a ton of dupes from, from like 1965 to about 1980 that are looking for a good home and um, happy to share. Definitely am. Great. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for your time, Mark. Happy new year to you. And hopefully at least complete one of, one of those sets in the next yeah. month or so. Jeff, my pleasure. Thanks you for, for inviting me. Thanks, Mark. Well, Drew, 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 Drew helped me on that one. It's the San Francisco Chronicle. Sorry, Mark. He was the beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. So, Mark, uh, hopefully you enjoyed my interview with Mark Camps. Uh, you know, we can't get it. We can't get everything right. Sometimes, sometimes we mess it up. Yeah. But we're going to keep on moving forward. Next up is the fast forward football time. Guys, fast forward football next. Next. Time to hit that button. Fast forward football, guys. Drew and I making our picks right now. Hit fast forward right now. Well, Drew, I picked the wrong time to start getting hot. Yeah, I, yep. I went three and two. You went two and three. We are standing at five wins, eight losses, and three ties right now. Drew, Drew wins the stamps. I got to send a, a, a sheet of stamps off to Drew. But we're gonna still pick for this week and next week just to end this end this thing and put it out out of its misery right we won't we won't do playoffs but um we're going to definitely finish the season out so this week drew i'll give you the first pick we have the the new york jets at the seattle seahawks the seahawks are getting two and a half points who do you like i just i mean i have to go with the seahawks on this one i think i mean i just the jets are just so weirdly inconsistent for me to be able to pick them so let's go with the the seahawks all right i'm going to take the jets 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 all right ready your Dallas Cowboys. I do that to hit, to just rub it in because I know. Oh, you I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your Dallas Cowboys at the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are getting 10 points. 10 points is a lot. Is Tennessee that yeah. bad? I don't really think they are. They've had a lot of injuries and everything, but I don't think they're that bad. I know. Is I'm missing something here. Um, I'm going to. Everything in my body tells me to go to the Titans, so I'm going to take Dallas. All right. <laughs> Who do you like? 
I was thinking Titans, but uh, geez, I mean, that's just, yeah, that 10 points is too much. I have to go, I think, with the Titans on this one. Okay. All right, we have, this is the game. You, I don't think you've, made, you've picked one Patriot game right all year, Drew. Yep. We have the Miami Dolphins at the Patriots. The Patriots are giving two and a half points. They should have beaten the Bengals last week, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Miami, who did they play? I don't remember who they played. Was that the Buffalo game or was that two weeks ago? Yeah, that was Buffalo game, right? That was Buffalo game. So, all right. Who do you like, the Patriots or the Miami Dolphins? Dolphins were not as bad in the cold as I thought they would be. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one. All right, I'll take the Pats. Though I think they're going to lose. All right, we have the Minnesota Vikings at Green Bay. Green Bay is giving three points. Um, But I'm going to take Minnesota because I think that's a lot of points to give Minnesota. It is. Yeah. I mean, but then again, I mean, this is still Green Bay in the middle of uh, in end of December. Yeah. I'll take Green Bay on this. I think just, yeah, the weather, Minnesota, I mean, they're, they're soft. They play in a dome for God's sake. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. The last game, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are getting one point. Uh, you know, they, they, they made it the Super Bowl last year. This could be an AFC championship preview, right? I think yeah. they're, they're both playing for, playoff position so i think they're both going to play um i will take the bills who do you like that's such a toss-up to me i think cincinnati is coming out at the right time though so i'm going to take the Bengals. okay all right we are done done with fast forward football come on back welcome back guys welcome back we have we're gonna we, we're gonna have more from Les. we are going to talk to les wolf uh our uh hobby veteran and, and pro Les has been with us for about Maybe a little more than six months. So I mean, thank Drew. He's been, yeah. he came aboard and uh, we love to talk to Les. All I do is I throw up a, a, seg, a subject to Les and Les just goes. He just, he just riffs. He, yeah. he, he, I love hearing from him. I love getting his opinion. We're going to talk to Les just kind of about what's been going on in the hobby and uh, some of his views on, on, on what to look for for 2023. So please enjoy my segment with Les Wolf. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. Well, it's the end of the year, guys, and it's our last opportunity to talk with Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC and kind of reflect on what happened in 2022 and look forward to 2023. Hey, Les, how's it going, buddy? Outstanding. How are you doing, Jeff? Very good. Any big plans for the New Year's? Just to sell a lot of product and keep everybody happy. <laughs> Make everybody happy. That's the main thing. Uh, speaking of product, we'll talk product in a minute. But the one thing that, that I want to mention that I I love is the Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell photo that you posted. How, how did you get that? Actually, that's a collection I haven't purchased yet. I made a bit, I made a nice offer for the collection. That was the best piece in it. And the guy can't decide yet what to do. And he inherited it in a collection. So I, I'm still uh, still working on that one. Fingers crossed. That is a beautiful, beautiful piece. I think that's the one of the nicest photos I've seen from you this year. Then you haven't looked at too many pictures lately. <laughs> well, that one really caught my eye, my friend. Hey, uh, we, we, we started talking a little bit before we started recording. And, uh, you know, we mentioned all the big contracts that are being thrown around in, in baseball. Um, do you think this is going to hurt the sport in the long run? And is there... I mean, they wouldn't throw this money around if it wasn't there, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it. It's just asinine when you think about it. 
I mean, the Yankees now have three contracts that the last five years they'll be lucky if they get anything out of it. At least the Mets were smarter with uh, with Verland. It's only a two to three year contract. Right. I mean, Correa, 12 years till he's 39 years old. Come on, really? Right. What is that going to look like when he's 35? I don't know. It's the, the way sports has turned out now. It's just insane. The numbers that these guys are getting. It, it's crazy. Do you think it's going to hurt baseball uh, in, in the short run in terms of people just kind of shying away because the they're just sick of all these guys getting such such exuberant money. I think what's going to hurt the most, to be honest with you, is the fact that people, the average person that's going to take his two kids and his wife to a game, you know, it's probably going to cost them 500 to 1,000 bucks at minimum now to do any of that, which in reality is <laughs> insane. <laughs> do you think all these the role changes that are coming up are going to help baseball at all? I mean, what you know, they're going, they're gonna not do the guy on second base anymore next. Right, game. but they're gonna they're gonna try to speed up the game with the pitch clock and have bigger bit bases and uh, no no more shifts. Um, the no more shifts. Um, I think is I mean it's good. I mean it makes you that, but I think they should allow shifts first of all because that's part of baseball. You know, you're playing the batter. And yeah, I mean, they were doing they were doing shifts back in the 40s right, right. So, it was... so i you know that's that shouldn't change i think the, the hitters need to change not the not the uh not the not the defensive fielders the hitters need to learn how to hit different in different areas yeah, I, can, I, down agree. The, I mean i think that's i think that's a real big uh issue as far as you know as far as these batters nowadays everybody's a pull hitter they can't move, hit the ball to right field or left field if there's a shift, come on, really? I don't, all I know is when I was a kid and I was playing a lot, you know, if you try to hit it where they ain't, is what you're supposed to do. That's right. That's that's how it all started, right? Yeah. I mean, but it's it's just great. And and like I said before, the, the prices of these tickets and to eat anything at a ball game is is asinine. And you're not allowed to bring food in. I mean, come on, really? No, you're, I know. You're, you're losing you're losing the true sense of of sports when you're making people you know, you're for, like you're forcing the average person not to go and everybody's going to be going into games is going to be mainly corporate people. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you're like me because when I was a kid, you know, we, in uh, high school and in and, and, uh, middle school, we would, you know, you go to Fenway for a couple bucks and sit in the bleachers and, and have a grand old time with your friends. That's that's gone. It's long gone. That's it's going to be even worse. No, I know he worse. Well, how about that? Let's let, let's kind of talk a little hobby first. We had um, an okay year for 2023. I think it, uh, prices have leveled off, off a little in the last quarter. Do you see the the hobby in, as a whole being uh, healthy going into 2023? And do you see see uh, you know you as a, a vendor, a dealer at shows? You do you, you you see that people are still spending money on, on memorabilia? It's funny, I was set up in the Philly show. I hadn't done that show in a while. And I really like uh, Joe Drellick and Paul Clutch, but I didn't make much money there. But there was a guy set up next to me that was dealing in these Tom Brady signed cards and these one-of-one one cards. And if I'm, not, if, if, if I'm not exaggerating, he must have did fifty to $100,000 worth of sales. 
and I, I was lucky to, you know, to, to just about cover my expenses there. You know, I didn't make much money there. And I'm looking around, I'm seeing it's all it's kids walking around with these boxes, those those yeah. boxes. It's, yep. it's crazy. I mean, but and these kids coming up, you know, they have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, you know, in their in these little boxes, and they have they have fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory. I, I I honestly see. I hope I'm wrong, but I think the newer card market, those one of one card sign, I think that market's got only one place to go, and that's down. It yeah. can't. You know, you can't expect it. Though it rose up too fast. You can't expect it to stay at that rate. But these people don't understand it, and and if I were them, I'd be buying all the vintage stuff. I mean, this guy next to me did have some vintage cards. He has some nice Ruth cards. He has some nice stuff there. I won't take that away from him, but the numbers that he had on these cards, fourteen thousand for a, for a, for a Tom Brady limited edition card sign. I mean, come on, really? Yeah, people are paying it though, right? So, so you, yeah. You, so you you think that we're going to see that uh, market correction more so in two thousand twenty three? I, I think it has to it has to correct itself. Um. And another thing that I'm finding, I have a beautiful Ruth 8x10 photo. Now, if I would have not bought that 8x10 and I bought a couple cuts of Ruth autographs, I would have sold it five times already because people want cuts now. Years ago, the most, the least desired autograph of anybody was a cut. Now, what's the most desired? Cuts. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like the, the, you know, do you get your rookie card signed or not signed? Back in the day, no one wanted a signed rookie card. And now it's everyone wants a signed rookie card. And when you and then when you look at the car, the uh, the show promoters, the most expensive thing to get signed is the rookie card. Yep, it's funny. How about I, I know you uh, you got a fun TTM return this week? Yeah, finally got back my Rod Laver eight by ten. I was I, I was excited to get that finally. That's nice. I know you. Had, I saw you had an Arthur Ashe uh, for sale and. Uh, Believe it or not, Arthur Ashe, of all the great tennis players of our time, Arthur Ashe always answered his mail all the time. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I know uh, John McEnroe is, was a, a good signer through the mail for a while. I don't know if he still is. I don't. I think he's done doing it. Yeah, he was for a while. And uh, I, I think, wasn't uh, Jimmy Connors, didn't he sign for a while too? No, I never got Connors in the mail. I got Connors in person. Okay. And by the way, if anybody wants to send me anything, I'm happy to sign it. I'm I'm, I'm easy through the mail. And if you know if the most important thing is you want a Jeff Baker, I, I'm sure they'd be happy to sign anything that you put in front of them. Same as I. So yeah, we, well, yeah, we still have a few uh, TTM cast uh, cards left, and then we'll have the new the new card for 2023 will be coming soon. So hurry up, fans! Get get these old cards because there are rookie cards. That's everybody right. There are the rookie cards. Card. If you have a question for Les, you can send an email to him at lwolf1823 at aol.com. L is keep uh, L. Les is keeping AOL alive. It's lwolff1823 at aol.com. Or you can send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll make sure Les uh, gets forward to Les. Les also has uh, his own online store. It's leswolfsportsllc.com. Has all sorts of great stuff, uh, birthday presents, uh, New Year's presents. If you have money left over from, from Christmas and you want to 
buy 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 yourself something nice go check out all his stuff less wolf sports llc.com less um do you have any more ttms you're going to be sending out on after the new year mm, i don't know i don't have anything planned but i i think the, the the viewers out there need to know the next time that we're going to do another live show where they could actually sit uh send us pictures and we can tell them what their memorabilia is worth because I get a lot of people that contact me because they they stay here, they hear you and they hear me on it and they want to know, okay, when can we send stuff in? So yeah, we're yeah. gonna do a we're gonna do a live show sometime in January, maybe mid to end of January. And speaking of next month, our friend Les is gonna be featured in an article in Sports Collectors Digest in the January issue of Sports Collectors Digest. So you gotta make sure you check that out. I bet I bet he'll sign a copy of that. But make sure everybody, you know, make sure you don't look too closely at the picture. I don't want to get you too sick and too disgusted when you look at my <laughs> There's some there's great stories about Les with Muhammad Ali and Mickey Mantle and all sorts of stuff and how Les got involved in, in collecting and, and autographs. So it's it's a fun story. Make sure you check that out next month. That'd be January Sports Collectors Digest. Les, any big plans uh, for you for the new year? Uh, actually, no, I don't have any, I don't have anything planned yet, but, um, uh, if anybody needs any help with their memorabilia, I am here. I'm here to help them. Yep. You have questions about how to protect and preserve your memorabilia. Less is the man. If you want to find out value for appraisal value, less does appraisals. You can contact Les about that. If you're looking for authenticity, Les is very good. He helps me out every time I find a, find something that I'm not quite sure of. I sent to Les and Les says, you're a fool. Don't buy that. <laughs> he put, points me in the right direction. So Les has been a, a key member of our, our, our team this year, and he will be joining us uh, probably every other week in the new year, and we'll keep you informed. If you have any questions for Les, send it to lwolf1823 at aol.com, and that's with two Fs, or you can send it to me at ttmcast.com. Go to Les's store, leswolfsportsllc.com. Les is also on um, inst no inst Instagram, right? You have Instagram? Yes, I am, Les Wolf Sports. Les Wolf Sports, he's on Instagram. He is all over the place. And he is on, you have an eBay store, right? Sports Autographs with Z's, S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-U-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Z. So guys, also, make folks, if anybody knows anybody with ESPN or uh, Sirius Radio, any big radios, you know, we'd love to be on that on on that air to show to tell people more about what we do and how we can help the collectors worldwide, not just in the U.S. We want to help them worldwide. We want to be the international show all over. Unlike uh, that Mad Dog guy and that 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 Francais guy, we we, <laughs> we, we, we want to be, be bigger and better than them because we won't be fighting. We only thing we'll be fighting is to make sure that you you're happy with everything you hear and you get. You have the best collections in the world. That's right. We will, we want to keep you guys happy. We love collecting. Les has been collecting since the mid-60s, right? We'll give you mid-60s, Les. Uh, actually, I've been collecting since the 50s, but but that's the 1850s, folks. You know, yeah. I, I, I the Dorian Gray movie, uh, uh, that's me in the in the picture. So, yeah. uh, and Je Jeff, uh, you know, he's got the same amount of hair as when he was born. Um, I, I just got a haircut, so I just have it all break. Oh, yeah. so Less really is styling today, guys. He's styling. Well, Les, thank you very much. I want to wish you a happy new year, guys. Check him out. 
leswolfsportsllc.com or you can email them at lwolf1823 at aol.com. Maybe we'll give a prize for the best the best uh, question for less every month. We should come up with some type of contest less. Well, okay, we could work on that, but I also want to say I also want to see some of your best stuff of you know, your collections that you want to show off. So start sending those pictures into to Jeff and I. We want to see the, the, the thing that you your your prize possession or the one with the best stories. We want to have some great stories about how you got that one particular item because it's some of the stories far outweigh what the value of the item is. I agree. Well, thank you, pal. You have a great new year and we will talk to you next year. Healthy and happy new year. Thanks everybody for listening, writing everything. And we'll see, I, I expect to see a hundred times more people next year. All right. Thanks Les. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. You too. Drew, Les is the man. I love yep. having him on the show. He's a great addition. We're going to try it. Les, every week, Les is like, when are we doing a live show? When are we doing the live show? I want to do a live show. So we're going to try. We'll try. To, I think we'll try to maybe do a live show sometime at the, near the end of mid to end January. What do you think? I think that'll be good. So that'll be about what? Four months since the last one we did there. So yeah, that's pretty good. So maybe we'll do one. Maybe we'll do one every quarter because it was it was very successful. I think I think I really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah. Les, thank you. I hope you enjoyed my my time with uh, Les today, this week. And, and uh, Les will be with us in uh, probably in two weeks. So uh, Les, more more less in, in a couple of weeks. And we're going to be looking to do a live show soon. So we'll keep you up to date and informed on that one. Drew. That wraps up more or less. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Making the Grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. Kind of a quiet week, I think, for the grading companies. They're mm -hmm. all, you know, a lot of companies are are closed or are off because of the holidays. I don't think they were closed, but you know what I mean? It was kind of a quiet week. But this is one uh, not nice tidbit that I, I got from CSG today, actually. CSG has extended their 20% off on all grading services until January 31st of 2023. So you got a whole nother month to save 20% off all grading services. Go to csgcards.com. If you've been sitting by the side on the sidelines, where, wondering when you should get involved with getting cards graded, now's the time. Check it out. CSG, csgcards.com. They've extended their 20% sale until the end of January. Well, Drew, we have some grading numbers from PSA to report. We do, yeah. 158,372 cards that they have slabbed over the last seven days. Down a bit from their quarter million there. They've been hitting there for a while. But, I mean, like you said, it's been, you know, week of holidays and everything. So, of course, it's going to be a little bit slow. But still over a million cards over the last three days. 1,036,054 cards they have slabbed. So, still keeping up with that uh, 1,000,030 that we've seen a lot of this year. Top yep. three sports have been getting graded. Baseball, basketball, and football, as one would expect. Those are always, those are pretty much always the big three. And the biggest players they've been grading lately. Michael Jordan tops the list. Ken Griffey Jr. second, Shohei Otani is third. Julio Rodriguez making a big splash this year. He comes in at the fourth most graded there. And number five, Tom Brady. He's always in the top five, it seems. So not surprising that he uh, pulls in on the, at the back end of that as well. Well, thanks, Drew. That wraps up making the grade. Next up is the TTM cast stamp of approval. Oh, did you like that one? Nice, yeah. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Well, Drew, we got some, we got some 
cool Sampa approvals. We both uh, got a lot of Christmas gifts, holiday gifts, and, and I know your Sampa approval is one of your holiday gifts. It is indeed. Yeah, I mentioned earlier on that I got a couple of shirts. And for anybody that follows me on Twitter at DFW Graffer, you'll know that about a month ago or so, there were a couple of people that tweeted out this shirt saying, oh my God, would you actually ever buy this? I think it was actually the guy from 1 Million Cubs was the first one who put it out there. And it's this button-up shirt. It's bright orange with yellow short sleeves and a yellow collar on it. And the orange, though, is a it's the wrapper from a pack of 1990 Donruss cards. You know, it's got the one, it's got the pitcher delivering on it. It says baseball in big letters on it. It's got the details about the cards set and uh, this little, like white starburst thing that has some stuff out of, like the contest or whatever that Donruss was running that year. Well, they put that onto a freaking shirt. <laughs> and so I saw this on there. And, you know, yeah, they uh, tweeted that out and said, would you ever actually wear it? So I'm like, hell yes, I'd wear it. I'm going to wear it to the first show I go to if I ever get that thing. I mean, I, I'm totally into this. And I think a lot of people thought it was a joke at first. And no, a lot, there was a company that's actually selling them. And so I found it. And uh, I've mentioned, uh, I mean, we've had my wife on the show before. We've had, mentioned our friend Aubrey, who's a TTMer as well. And I have this group chat with them through Facebook <laughs> Messenger. I send this to them and I said, oh my God, this is amazing. And Aubrey's just like, I want one of those. I'm like, yeah, I want one too. And so my wife's like noted and goes in literally, <laughs> I think that day went and ordered up shirts for each of us with the, the 1990 Donruss pack on it. And so it arrived this week. If you want to see us in them, you can just go, like I said, it's a DFW graffer on Twitter. Our photo is up on there wearing those shirts and they look awesome. And that is my stamp of approval for this week. Very cool. Thank you, Drew. And you look smashing it. I'll tell you. <laughs> It's, well, it's, my it's, it's, not very often you, it's not very often you can pull off a pack of cards as a shirt, but I once know. In a while. somebody somebody was smoking some funny stuff and said, I got an idea. <laughs> well, my TTM cast stamp approval is I love the Panini Absolute Football 2022 Panini Absolute Football. I, I'm a big fan. I got uh, a puck. I picked up a couple of blaster boxes that, that arrived yesterday, actually, and then I just got a couple more. Uh, from Christmas, and I'm a big fan. I like the inserts. I like the rookie cards. I got my Bailey Zappi rookie card in there. I was very happy about that, and and I just like it. I think it's a it's it's a nice set. I I think it's a it's going to be a good set for autographs. I think I just I'm a big fan of Absolute Football. I, I like the score, but I think I like the Absolute better. So lots of rookie cards in there. Uh, you know, lots of inserts. Good good collation. I got a couple of um memorabilia cards i've gotten so all good i'm I'm giving my stamp of approval to absolute football panini 2022 absolute football gets my ttm cast stamp of approval that wraps up drew stamp of approval we're done next up is the Vern rap minute The Vern Rap Mint is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who I sent out a TTM request to uh, after he uh, prior, after he had passed away. So before, after, Bob, I always mess that up. But we do we do this as a, a service to our fellow TTMers to let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and music. And we lost a lot of people this holiday week, which is a uh, uh, sad. But we lost uh, Arnie Fern. Fern. Arnie Fern went to Utah uh, back in the '40s, and he was. Um, Played on the Minneapolis Lakers in 
1951. He was on the 49 and 50 NBA champs. He was a center. He was an okay TTM until 2021. I think he got sick. Arnie Farron was 97 years old. West lost to Demetrius Johnson this week. He was a defensive back, mostly played safety for five seasons with the Lions and the Dolphins. 65 NFL games for him with five interceptions from 1983 to 87. Not known to be a TTMer at all, but uh, Demetrius was six, uh, was 61 years old. We lost Cotton Davidson. Cotton was 91 years old. He was a quarterback and punter for the Colts. Uh, that would be the Baltimore Colts, the Dallas Texans, and the Raiders of Oakland. Not the Raiders of Las Vegas, the Raiders of Oakland. From 54 to 68, he was a really good TTMer. Uh, Cotton Davidson was 91 years old. Uh, we lost uh, Mike Macaluso this week. Uh, played for the Buffalo Braves. Basketball player from 72 to 73. Also played at uh, Canisius. So a whole lot of Buffalo connections right there, with both college and pro ball. He played guard. He was, uh, like I said, 72-73 with the Braves. Not a TTMer. Mike was 71 years old. We lost Al Smith. Al Smith was a, went to Bradley. He was uh, played for the Denver Nuggets, and he played for the uh, Utah Stars in the ABA from 1972 to 76. He had a pretty good career in the ABA. He was a point guard. He scored 3,200 points, 1,700 assists. Al Smith was 75 years old. He was not much of a TTMer. Uh, we lost Ronnie Hillman this week, a more recent uh, player in the NFL, played with the Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. He also went to San Diego State before that. NFLer from 2010 to 2015, not known to be a TTMer. His last uh, signing was 2011 by mail. He was 31 years old. We lost Fred Valentine, a great TTMer. He played for the Baltimore Orioles and the Washington Senators from 59 to 68. He was an outfielder. He played 533 games. Again, as I said, he was a really good TTMer. Fred Valentine was 87 years old. Uh, we also lost uh, Stephen Weaver this week, uh, age 64. He played one game. As a member of the New York Yankees, started the uh, game in 1982 as a pitcher against the Brewers. And uh, Jeff, you and I were talking about this before going on the show there. He faced in his first four batters, three future Hall of Famers in there. But uh, had Molitor, Yount, and uh, Ted, Ted Simmons, Simmons. Yep, as the uh, three that he had to face there. Um, yeah, unfortunately, hurt his shoulder in that game and never made it back to the majors again after that uh, couple of innings in 1982. Not a TTM, though. Stephen Weaver was 64 years old. I think the third guy was Cecil Cooper, actually. So that he yeah, that he, he had a tough go of it for his yeah. major league debut. And lastly, we, we lost today. We lost Pele, the soccer great. He won three World Cups with Brazil. He was uh, played for the New York Cosmos and what was it, the American Soccer League? Or what was the North World? American Soccer League? North American Soccer League back in the seventies. He was a soccer ambassador during I would talk on the radio show. He was similar to uh, Muhammad Ali in terms of his popularity and how much he was loved uh, around the world. Uh, he had that bicycle kick. He was in that movie, the movie with um, with with Sylvester Stallone, Victory. Remember he he okay. was he was in that. He he. Uh, he was, he was just a, a loved character. I know he had been uh, ill recently and uh, uh, very si signed out for everyone, a, a big signer. Pele was 82 years old. Here's a question for you, because we mentioned uh, Muhammad Ali just a minute ago and how he was kind of soccer's Muhammad Ali. Everybody knows Muhammad Ali's birth name was Cassius Clay. What is Pele's birth name? Don't know. <laughs> I had to look this one up. I was, think I was thinking it, it, it definitely wasn't Pele, but I figured it was somewhere in there. No. Edson Arantes do Nascimento is his full name. All right. Well, Pele is much better. That, that's much yes. more marketable. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, that wraps up 
the Vern Rot Minute. We are uh, sorry for your loss, and our condolences go out to you, especially during the holiday season. Next up, we're going to talk a little TTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. True. I was pleasantly surprised because it's a holiday week. I didn't really send anything out this week um, or last week, I should say. And uh, I got a pretty good run on returns. I was getting like one or two every day. How'd you do? I did all right. I got a six total so far. And I think I've got a seventh one that may have come in the mail today. My wife just got home and yeah, she just gave me a thumbs up and said, yes, it did arrive. So I'll mention that at least. And I'll send it on over here. I'll take it. I'll even open it on the air here. I did this a couple, oh, uh, a couple months ago. So yeah. Oh, wow. There's actually two of them here that, uh, Oh, I see what one of these is. Okay, so the one of them is not an autograph, but this one is. So, okay. Yeah, we've got, uh, so I'll go through the ones I mentioned on last week's show. That I had Hugh McInnes probably coming in. He did indeed arrive, signed a card and a custom index card. Former Browns running back and played with, I think he was actually a member of the uh, 76 Seahawks as well. Nice. So, yeah, he uh, got him back. He's got a card with Browns. I don't know if he has any Seahawks cards at all or not, but got him back. Uh, got Oscar Roan back this week. He is a uh, former Browns tight end. Now a minister just over in Rockwall, Texas, is on the other side of Dallas from me. Uh, got wide receiver Glenn Young, another former uh, Browns player in there. Chip Miller, the kicker for the Redskins, Saints, and maybe a couple other teams in there. Uh, got fair hooker because everybody needs a fair hooker. Former Browns wide receiver, of course, on that one. Of course, you have uh, to have him. Yep. Uh, got Hannah Storm back as well, the uh, broadcaster. She used to work with NBC Sports. I know back at least in the 90s there, she was... Uh, on the crew covering the 1995 World Series in Cleveland, but she's been all over the sports media world for years now. And the one that I've got right here, that I'm about to open, postmark from North Houston, with the initials KW on it. And this, I believe, is going to be a former Browns wide receiver as well. You're noticing a pattern here, probably. A lot of former <laughs> Browns that are in all these things. You're burning through all your, your Browns cards, trying to get time, trying to fill it up. I am indeed. And this one, yeah, it was Keith Wright, signed uh, two cards I sent. I only had uh, two copies of this, uh, what is this, 81 Tops card there, but he signed both of those. Oh, nice. And the custom index card that I did as well. So he's the first one to sign it actually over the helmet. Everybody else signs it like off in the corner there or way under it or off to a side or something like that. He's the first one to sign it right over the thing, which is what I was hoping these guys would do. So Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, bravo to Keith Wright for that, signing very quickly and signing, yeah, I mean, right in a good spot on all of it too. Very cool. That wraps up your returns. Yes, that's what I've got for the week. Pretty good. I I had a pretty good week, as I said. I was a little surprised. I got some. I got a couple old returns in here. Uh, I got I got this one back today. Actually, I got a 1969 Bob Greasy tops card. He signed a nice blue sharpie. I had sent it out to him. I don't know three or four weeks ago when I got RTS on it. Hmm. I was like, how can I get an RTS? He I know he signs. Right. So I sent it to I sent it out again, and he signed it this time. So very happy to get that one back. I picked that card up for like a dollar at a car uh, a card store a while ago, just nice. to meet you know waiting for him to get to sign it, and I got that one back. I got Rick Rick Cerrone, who played for a number of teams, including the Yankees and the Red Sox. I got him on his nineteen ninety tops card and blue sharpie. I sent him two cards. He only signed one. I think that's what he does, right? He's only a one. Yeah, he's, he's been a one per for guy. quite a while. I think. I got this guy's uh, one of your guys, Andre Thornton, who, play, who played for the Cleveland Indians and Chicago Cubs. He signed his 1974 rookie card. And I think I'm going to send it out to Terry Hughes next. So we'll, we'll keep that one going. I got Brian Harvey, who played for the uh, Angels and the Marlins. He was on the uh, expansion Marlins when they started. He signed his 1990 card as an Angel and his 92 card as a Marlin. So that was kind of cool. I got Al uh, Padrico. Padriki? Al Padrique, Padrique, I think. Yeah. Padrique. 
it is his 1988 tops card and it's his uh, gold cup rookie card yep we signed that he he actually hit 300 301 in 1987 his rookie year and uh he played, he played a couple of years it was a shortstop he played with the pirates uh so i got him to sign that one i got two cards back from ron gant including my metal universe card i'm starting to get the, a few of those back nice. so i got him uh, ron gant his cardinals card 1988 and a cincinnati reds uh top stadium club card so he signed those two in, in like le- less than two weeks. I got Mark Malone, former uh, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, on 86 tops card. He signed in blue Sharpie. This one took about uh, probably a month and a half, two months to come get back. But I got that one back the other day. I got Dana Kicker, who was a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox for a couple of years in 1990-91. He signed his 91 tops card. He also sent me a 1990 scorecard. Signed Is both he still... Is he still living in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota? Do you know? Yes. 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 I love the name of that town. Yeah. Yeah. He requires a donation. I think I sent two bucks. All right. And he signed my card and they sent another card. So that's cool. I got Jills Malosh from Goaltender. From He played for the North Stars and the uh, Golden Sales and the Barons and the Pittsburgh Penguins. He signed his uh, 7980 Tops card. And I believe this is a 1991 card. No, 19... 89-90 card. So we signed those two. He's a penguin on that one. And then I got two Charles from Charles Nagy, former uh, Cleveland Indian. He, he signed his uh, Mel Universe card I got, I got back. And then he signed this Sports Illustrated card. This is a, a free card that uh, I got. It was 1988, 1998 Sports Illustrated card. He signed both cards. Uh, and that took less than, I don't know, two weeks. He's, really, he's a really good signer. So pretty good. I'm going to do some TTM probably uh, this weekend uh, to start sending out and, um, you know, I haven't said, I didn't send anything out last week and not nothing this week. So, um, I think we're going to be, we're going to be fighting for some returns in the next couple of weeks. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, probably. Cause I have not been sending anything out, but I do have this stack right here. That's just ready to write. I just need to get, get the pen to paper and write the letters out and send them out, but they're all set to go once I just, uh, feel like working yeah. up the effort to write the thing. Well, my wife and kids got me, uh, Number 10 envelopes, return on the small return envelopes. Yep. They got me um, mailers for photos. They got me stamps. So I'm all set. I'm, I'm ready to go. I just have, have to uh, start pulling cards and, and get some send out returns. But uh, it's been fun. It's, a, it's been a fun year. Um, I, I haven't I didn't really do a total number yet, but I think I probably got over 500 cards back this year. Nice. Uh, so it's it's been a really good year in terms of re- returns, um, and I think my my return rate's probably about seventy to seventy two percent, which isn't bad. But again, I don't take a lot of tra- chances, you know. Yeah, I'm right around the same spot there with you. I think I'm in somewhere in the high sixties percentage wise, and about four hundred some cards by mail so far this year. Plus, I mean. 1500 i think it was or a thousand or no it was a thousand in person this year yeah so, i know you yeah. didn't you did much more in person than me but yeah uh, all in all it's a good good year for ttm and, and the guys are still signing uh, a few more uh, guys a few more guys are char- charging than at the beginning of the year but i don't think i don't think i think the signing habits the guys are still signing don't you yeah absolutely i mean we saw some uh there are a few guys here and there who've you know cut it back during covid but I think we've seen just as many and probably a lot more that started signing more often during COVID. So it's good to see that. And a lot of those guys who started signing then are still signing now. So hopefully that keeps up. Yeah. The one guy I got to get out that has been recent signing is uh, Terry Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I I don't have him and I see, I see he's been signing. I got to pull a few of his cards and send it out. And uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's still a fun hobby. I'm still having fun doing it. If you want a fun duel to do on Kennedy, there are 84 tops. The uh, Padres team leaders card has him and Dave Dravecki both on it. Okay. That's a very easy duel to complete right there. Cool. Thank you. All right, bud. Well, that wraps up our returns for the week. Next up, we're going to have our uh, TTM cast interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Drew, I had the pleasure of talking to Rich Miller. Rich Miller, of course, is the editor, founder and editor of sportscollectorsdaily.com, a great site. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out my article. We talked to Rich about kind of reviewing 2022 and looking ahead to 2023. And it's a great way to, to close the year out, I think. So please... Yes. Uh, Enjoy my interview with Rich Miller, but first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. Enter to win one of the most coveted rookie cards in basketball. CSG is giving away a 2003-2004 Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie card, graded a CSG Gen Mint 10. Here's your chance to add one of the greatest players to your collection. To enter, visit csgcards.com today. For your favorite current player for your PC, CSG has got you covered. Learn more about all CSG has to offer at csgcards.com. Joining the show is my favorite guest. Sorry to all other guests, but this guy is my favorite guest. He was my first guest. He was my 100th guest. He was my first live show guest. We talked to him once or twice a year. I'm talking about, of course, Rich Miller from sportscollectorsdaily.com. He is founder and editor. And we're going to talk to Rich about uh, just kind of reviewing what happened in the hobby in 2022 and look forward to 2023. So welcome, Rich. Jeff, thanks. Great to be with you. One final time here in 20 One years, final time. We'll close out the year. <laughs> you know, looking back, uh, just kind of looking back at everything that happened in 2022, and it was kind of a, a hectic year. And it really started out hectic. And I'm talking about uh, the Fanatics announcement that they're going to they're gonna get the rights to basically all the cards uh, except for hockey. And then uh, subsequently purchasing uh, tops. Do you think that's the, the number one story for the year in our hobby? Yeah, I think it really has to be. Um, you know, I, I go through all of our stories and usually write up a little year ender, um, which I haven't quite done yet. Um, by the time this airs, I probably will have it uh, ready to go. But um, yeah, it's it was a lot to go through. And I, I think, you know, I, I went through the whole year and I got back to the beginning of the year and, and saw that I, I knew it was in January, but it was actually really the first stories of any significance in the hobby uh, in 2022. And I think, you know, we all expected that something was going to happen, but um, it was still sort of a shock to see that Tops was, uh, you know, being sold to, to Fanatics as sort of the first domino and what we think is going to be a, you know, kind of a, a takeover of the hobby. Eventually, it's kind of going to be a slow rollout and, and lots of legal things and contracts and such to to iron out before they actually do it. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was a big bombshell. And, and interestingly enough, I don't know that a whole lot has changed from the standpoint of where we are with Tops. It's it's kind of the same uh, you know, processes seem to be the same. I'm sure there's a lot of changes that have gone on internally that people and collectors don't really realize or dealers or shop owners um, maybe know a little bit more than than uh, uh, they did back in January of, of this year. But I think uh, it's pretty much been business as usual at this point, whether that you know changes you know in a significant way here in uh, the next year or so uh, be interesting to see. Well, I think in the short term, you would agree with me, I think, is that the distribution of the tops cards 
has changed, right? In terms of the availability and uh, yeah. you know, seeing them on the shelves and get you know going buying them through fanatics and tops. This this seems to be this seems to be circumventing the the hobby shop to an extent. Well, I, I think you know there there certainly are more opportunities now to buy product, and I think part of that though is is the flippers and the you know the guys that just were in this for the money trying to buy a you know box or two or ten or twenty and and uh, and sell them. Um, you know those kind of people have sort of gone away because the amount of product that's out there is is much larger now, and and so the product the margins that they were making you know, have shrunk to virtually nothing um, and less than nothing in a lot of cases. Yeah. But um, yeah, from that standpoint, I think, you know, you're seeing also more online uh, tops is selling a lot more stuff online on their website than they have before. But, you know, at the core, I, I don't know that, you know, there's been a whole lot of drastic changes for, um, you know, people that collect the brand and things like that. I, you know, there's all kinds of things we could probably point to that are a little bit different, but um, you know, I, I it's been interesting to see, um, you know, as they kind of prepare for this, I know there've been some discussions with some of the hobby shops and um, they're kind of interviewing them to see how they're, how they're uh, tackling things, but um, that's kind of down the road a little bit. I, I think, um, you know, they, they don't want to make enemies. There are a lot of people out there who are thinking that, you know, they're going to cut shops out and, you know, just handle all the distribution themselves. And I don't see that happening. I, I think maybe some of the smaller shops that are kind of behind the times and not really, you know, embracing some of the things that uh, Fanatics wants to do, um, you know, they may find themselves having a tough time getting product. But um, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as people think in terms of, you know, that's probably a topic for another day, I guess. But I, I think it's I, I think they're going to try and embrace the whole hobby as it is and just try to make things better. I mean, that's how you how you gain a, you know, a bigger following, a bigger footing and attract more collectors into the into the business. We'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I think they're going to, um, you know, the hobby shops that do it right. I think are going to be okay. Um, the ones that are willing to think big and think outside the box are probably going to be okay if they're kind of stuck in their old ways and um, not, uh, you know, abiding by some of the things that Fanatics wants to do. But those are the same things that Tops wants to do too. You know, you can't sell uh, your free product. You know, you can't go out eBay and sell your free product and that sort of thing. But that's you know, that's always been uh, certainly frowned upon by by Tops. Yep. Well, I think the one of the worst kept secrets in the hobby is uh, Fanatic's interest in Panini. You know, you and I have talked numerous times. We thought this was going to happen months ago. And uh, do you, do you for, see this deal happening in 2023? Yeah, it's hard. I, you know, I don't have any inside uh, information, but I know that, uh, you know, Fanatic's has... Uh, certainly a vested interest in in doing something like that they did it with top so why wouldn't they do it with panini um try to come up with some kind of an agreement but those rumors have been going on for a long time now and, yep. and you know people claim to have inside knowledge and and are talking about it but i i you know until it happens i you know i, I don't know we could wake up and uh you know early next year and, and find out that the the deal has happened um certainly something at some point would more than likely occur um and it's interesting in all of this that upper deck is the one that that has stayed independent and they probably will you know they've got that relationship with the nhl and, and a few other smaller uh, outlets but um sports wise but i think uh, you know they're happy where they are and, and the nhl likes them and so um i i think that's kind of interesting that upper deck is going to be the the one uh, independent group standing at least in the near future it seems like yeah, I agree. Maybe Leaf as well. I think Leaf will have. Not Leaf, yeah, but I'm just talking about the license well. manufacturers. Yeah. 
But, uh, well, you know what? Uh, if you have to pick one card of the year, would you agree with me that the 1952 Mickey Mantle tops card is the card of the year? Yeah, I think uh, from the standpoint of a sales number, that has to be it. Um, that was, uh, you know, a shock, obviously, when that, uh, you know, sale went down. And I think uh, it certainly got a lot of attention. It certainly raised the prices of the lower grades. Uh, it's there was so much media attention on that outside the hobby. You know, I think that really put a lot of focus on it. Um, and I think anybody that that's bought one, even the last couple of years, is probably pretty happy right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw statistics. I think there's 11 or 12 Mickey Mantles that so, sold for over a million dollars, which is staggering. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that actually last week. Um, you know, I think it was 11 that, that we know of. You know, there certainly could have been some that sold privately. But um, when the one, uh, you know, that was sold um, went for that enormous, you know, $12.6 million price um, out of the Allen Rosen fine from back in the day, um, that's, that's, uh, that's been pretty hard to top. I don't know. You know, I'm sure at some point we'll see a PSA 10 hit the market and all, you know, all bets will be off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like any of the people that own them are planning to sell them anytime soon. You know, I, you know, the mantle card obviously has been iconic this year and, and previously, and, and obviously the, um, the Hornus Wagner card, the, the TTO six, two Oh six card. Do you see, uh, any card coming to the forefront in 2023 uh, or any player, maybe, you know, vintage player coming to the forefront in 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, it's, it's hard to say all it takes really is for one card that's been tucked away for a long time to all of a sudden hit the market. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, a guy that maybe you wouldn't even think of, like we're, you know, we just had soccer, uh, the world cup and, you know, Lionel Messi was obviously, you know, a huge focal point of that. Um, and I'm not saying he's vintage, but it's, you know, his earliest cards are, you know, he's several years old, you know, I think back in the early two thousands and, and uh, that, that decade was kind of the first time we saw his cards and those weren't really dis distributed, you know, widely in the United States, there wasn't much interest at the time. So, you know, somebody like that, we could see a, a major sale of somebody that's kind of hot in the news. Um, uh, I, you know, it's from a vintage standpoint, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's almost going to have to be, uh, you know, a player that, you know, maybe there's a, a rare uh, card of, of a, a player that doesn't necessarily hit the market very often. And all of a sudden people kind of gravitate toward it. Um, you know, we did we did see some pretty big sales. There was a one million dollar uh, Roberto Clemente rookie card that sold back in September. Yeah, and, uh, so it could be something like that too, just a traditional high grade, high end card that doesn't come up for sale very often. I think maybe my my guy to watch in two thousand twenty three is I think is Willie Mays. I think he I think he's undervalued a little, and I think um, you know his his older cards, his Bowman cards, and his rookie card are are undervalued and I think they're they're nice on cards and you know he's an older gentleman and you know we don't know how long much longer he's going to be with us I think Willie Mays might be uh the 2023 Mickey Mantle if you will yeah could be and I think you're right about his cards being undervalued especially compared to Mickey Mantle I mean this you know to talk about the uh the skills and abilities there's certainly you know there's there's no difference and and many people think that Willie was far superior to, to Mickey Mantle and and certainly had a longer career so I yeah I, I I would agree with that and I'm not sure why uh it still has not turned the corner really that May's earliest cards don't you know match up to Mantle I, I know that you know obviously there's a ton of Yankee fans out there now but uh, you know we're getting to the point with Mantle that you know you, you have to be 
into your 60s and older now to even remember Mickey Mantle. Anybody right. under the age of 60 does not remember Mickey Mantle. I don't. I mean, I'm, you know, kind of in that <laughs> in that area. And, and I have a vague memory of Mantle. My only memory of Mantle, really, not having grown up, I didn't grow up in New York. So um, I, I never went to see him play. Um, my only memory as a little kid would be pulling his card out of a pack, you know, in his last card in 1969. So um, I think, uh, you know, time kind of tends to fade the memories a little bit. He's, he's, he's sort of avoided that, you know, thing where it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. And I, you know, I guess part of that is, is being a Yankee and uh, you know, the, uh, the, the cards, obviously the 51 and 52 have been so like, the 52 especially have been so iconic for so long that even if you're a, you know, 20 year old or 30 year old person that has no memory of anybody until, you know, much later than the mantles last years, um, you know, you still gravitate toward them. And we can say that about anybody, you know, none of us remember, remember Babe Ruth playing and, and we, you know, we still collect his, his cards, but there's so many guys out there that, uh, you know, we didn't see play, but, you know, would you think would be uh, more popular than they are? Willie May certainly is in the top of that list. And Clemente, I do have a few memories of Clemente playing. And, um, you know, he was such an icon to so many people, um, not just in this country, but beyond. And uh, uh, so I think there's another guy who could could potentially maybe take a big jump here in the, in the near future. We're speaking with Rich Miller. Rich is editor and founder of SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Make sure you check out my weekly article on TTMing and SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Thank you, Rich, for giving me the opportunity uh, to to get that out there every week. I've had a a fun time writing it. Um, One of the things that's always fun about collecting is is rookies, right? And and this year was no different. We started the year and it it was Wander Franco's year. Everyone wanted Wanda Franco, Wanda Franco, Wanda Franco. When we close out the year, and lo and behold, it's Julio Rodriguez. This was the guy. You know, it's. It, do, you, do you see? Do, do, do you remember that juxtaposition and, and somebody kind of falling off the wayside so quickly like Franco did? Yeah, all it takes is just missing some games, I think, you know, and, and maybe sometimes some guys go into slumps and uh, and sometimes the hype can be so much that it's almost impossible for guys to live up to it. Um, you know, I think, and that is, that's especially true with baseball rookies, you know, they come through the, through the minor league system and it's just like, uh, Dominguez, you know, there's another one that I don't know if it's possible for him to live up to the hype unless, I know. you know, he's just outrageous. And, and so, um, you know, we, we see that because guys come in and, and through the minor league system, you know, maybe they have a Bowman Chrome prospects card and uh, autographs and things like that. And then they, the next year they're back in, you know, minor league. Uh, and then finally, by the time they reached the major leagues, you know, the path to the majors was, was not so long for Rodriguez, but uh, you know, it, it, we see a lot of times that it just, you know, the anticipation almost becomes greater than the end result. Even if a guy is really good. You we know, had uh, this year in baseball, we had, it was really the uh, Aaron judge year, right? Really the last month, so to speak, in terms of him chasing the record and then breaking the record with the 62 home run. And then the, the gentleman that, that caught the ball and was, could have gotten $3 million for it. And it just got auctioned off for, I believe 1.55 million. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you surprised that it didn't reach the, the numbers that these guys, they expected? And um, do you see Aaron judge continuing his surge next year? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I you know, the, the offers that we saw that were supposedly out there, it, it was his, it was the, 
uh, Corey Yeomans, the guy who, who caught the ball. Um, yep. it, was, it was his attorney that, you know, told a couple of media outlets that they had had some offers around $3 million. You know, it's, it's, you're just kind of basically taking the guy at his word for that. Um, so I don't know, you know, and there was another offer out there. JP Cohen from memory lane said that they would pay 2 million for it. that. Right. I spoke to JP. That. That's a real offer. Yeah, that was a real and, offer. And that was before he actually hit the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, looking back in hindsight, he probably should have taken one of those offers. Um, you know, whether the 3 million was true or not, I, I think it probably, you know, when you compare it to Albert Pujols 700 that went for, you know, much, much less 300 and some thousand, um, you know, it, I, I think it, it's probably a, a pretty solid number, actually. You know, I, I don't know that it would really be worth two or three million. It's it's hard to imagine somebody paying that much for a ball that's not even a, a major league record. It's an American. Right. Record. Um, so, yeah, a little bit, little bit surprised that uh, uh, it, that he didn't take the offer initially because you want to strike when the iron's hot, but he wanted to bring it to a, a fair market value. And you don't know, you know, you know, you never know when two people with a lot of money are just going to go all out and buy something. So they they rolled the dice and probably lost a little bit, at least for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, in terms of judges uh, next year, I, I actually was kind of surprised. I thought he was going to go to San Francisco, but I did, uh, too. Yeah, it was a little little bit of a uh, stunner there that he came back, I thought, to the Yankees because it sure seemed like everything was pointing in the direction of leaving for uh, his home state. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think sometimes when guys do that, when they go back to, you know, their team and have you know, loyalty is the right word. But if they if they kind of decide, well, you know, the grass isn't always greener, I'm going to go back and play for this organization where I'm beloved and uh, celebrated every day and. I think uh, that can make them even a bigger star. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he follows up. You know, does he approach that record again uh, or does it, you know, fall back? But I think just the fact that he's re-signed with them, unless he falls flat on his face, I mean, he's the next uh, next icon for the Yankees for sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, do you think we've uh, – I guess uh, I'll make a statement. I think we're seeing a market correction in the last couple months in uh, just the prices of, of vintage cards and even the newer newer card prices have come down. Do you think we've plateaued in terms of high-end uh, auction results and, and hitting a record, a new record every week? Is Do you think we've kind of plateaued in that as well? Oh, I think, yeah. I mean, and then the prices for some of these cards were just so outrageous in 2021 and, and early 2022 in some cases. Um, you know, it just didn't make any sense uh, for some of these cards. Um, you know, especially those that were serial numbered higher than 50 and some of those that were, um, you know, just of players that were unproven. You know, we saw yeah. some sales. Outrageous how'd, you like to have, how'd you like to be the guy that invented, invested in Mac Jones? Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can make a list probably a dozen or more of, of guys that were highly taught, highly touted and, and, you know, boy, this guy's going to be great, you know, <laughs> and it just didn't work out that way and, and hasn't at least to this point so there was a lot of gambling going on a lot of money that came in from you know some sort of uh, probably uh, uneducated sources <laughs> that were spending it and I guess if you can afford to lose 25 30 50 thousand a hundred thousand dollars you know they're playing on a different field than the rest of us so I you know I don't know what to make of that but um, I, I think that uh, the best of the best even if it's modern stuff will hold up um, we may see some dips. We may see some increases, you know, like LeBron's cards, some of his best rookie cards have dropped a little bit, but 
I think, you know, once he breaks the record, I think you'll see some, you know, a little bit of a bounce back for some of that. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are now building really great resumes whose cards have dropped a little bit for now. But as time goes on and they start, um, you know, putting up some huge numbers, I'll be honest, Antetokounmpo is another one. You know, this is still a young guy yep. uh, basketball wise who's going to be around a long time, probably win at least a, a, another championship or two. And, and maybe, a, you know, who knows how many more MVPs, you know, he's in the race this year. Jason Tatum's probably the favorite, but. Um, you know, I, I think there's, and you can, there's all kinds of guys like that, but I, I think, you know, overall, it's just a matter of correcting the, the market, you know, we've, and the hobby's seen that not just this year, but, um, we've seen it in the past too, where the, the, the market's gone through these big explosions. It's, you know, we saw it back in the, in the nineties, um, you know, when the big boom was going on, we saw a lot, and of course the prices weren't nearly what they are now. Cause we didn't have the, the type of cards that we have now, these limited serial number, low number, serial number cards. But, um, I think, uh, you know, that it's happened throughout time. You get this big explosion of people in the industry and it kind of shakes out. Um, and then you come back to the people that who really do truly, um, are in it for the long haul. And, and that's when things kind of stabilize a little bit. And I think that's probably what we're seeing now. I think the, the the two buzzwords for 2022 have to be marketplaces and vaults, right? There's, uh, you know, yeah. eBay has a marketplace and a vault, and PSA has a vault, and uh, uh, Beckett has a vault, and now this Arena Club is is coming in with a new marketplace. Do you think it, there's enough um, business out there to to keep these marketplaces afloat, and or do you think it, it's going to kind of, um, you know, you know? survival of fitness, so to speak, and we'll have one or two marketplaces at, at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've not tested them out. I'm not really a, you know, I don't have a lot of high-end cards. And I know they're not necessarily targeting all high-end cards. They want you to put your lower-end stuff there too and and have access to it. But I, I think it kind of seems to me to be more of a, a platform for those who either just want a safe place to store their cards and aren't really interested in selling it, or they're wanting to you know keep it in a, a place buy a card and then keep it there and, and flip it in another year six months or whatever and um I, I don't know how many of those people are out there to to make it worthwhile to do that and i think you also have some skepticism from people who are like well you know if it's not in my possession you know i'm not sure i like that right <laughs> excuse me so i i i don't know i i'm not sure what to make of that i i don't know if it's I, I hope for the for the amount of money that they're putting into these things that it is successful for them um, because they certainly have poured a lot of time and resources and energy into promoting these things and, and setting them up and it's not cheap to to have them um, you know secured and the facility uh, you know expenses is, are there so um, it's it's been a big expenditure for a lot of these companies and uh, we'll see I, I don't I don't know you know if it's something uh, that we're just not quite grasping yet in terms of the benefits of it but i like to keep my cards in my possession um and i know a lot of people are the same way you know you, no matter not that you know, we have massively valuable collections or anything like some people do but um I, I i don't know i just i haven't seen the need for it myself but that doesn't mean it's not for for a lot of other people who really like it um i i don't know it's it's i think it's one of those questions well that may be something that shakes out in the next year or two you know because obviously it has to be somewhat profitable for these companies to to have these vaults and to have them um be viable so you know maybe maybe a couple will fall by the wayside I, I, they seem to be pretty committed to it because i think you know unless they only have a small number of cards that are stored in there i think you have to 
be able to uh, have the ability to, to send cards back to people if it doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm kind of like you, I, I don't know if there's, an, there's enough business out there to warrant, you know, six or seven different marketplaces with the same type of services. I think it's going to have to come down to, you know, two or three companies. Yeah. It's kind of like grading services. You know, I mean, I, I never, you know, discourage anybody from doing what they, you know, dream of doing. And if owning a grading company is your thing, then go for it. But I, I would not encourage it um, just because I don't know that we need more than, you know, three, four grading companies. Um, You know, we have the major names that have been in it and, you know, CSG certainly is is joined the, the last major company to join, but they've got a lot of background and experience in grading all kinds of collectibles. So they're, uh, you know, pretty a viable uh, entrant in this. But beyond that, you know, beyond the, the four that we know, gosh, I don't know. I, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like the hobby is is really, you know. It, right, it right. We're not clamoring for, you know, for just, five more grading companies. Maybe there's another company out there that people prefer that are, that's doing this stuff that's come along in the last couple of years. But um, I think, you know, when you have market confusion, uh, as you might with with so many companies trying to do the same type of thing, um, I don't know that that's really good for people that especially are coming into this, you know, for the first time or coming back to it. Um, and they see all these different companies. Which one should I go with? You know, it's like, well, you can get the answer pretty quickly by talking to collectors, but if they're not of that sort and they're just sitting at home, it might be a little tough. You know, right? Well, you know what? Starting the year, NFTs were, was a big buzzword right everyone was talking about nfts kind of kind of like crypto and and it's kind of um quieted down a little i think um do you see uh, nfts being a collectible option still moving forward and uh do you see any other collectibles coming into the forefront in 2023 well there's certainly a lot of different um attempts to to try and introduce collectibles we've seen some new types of you know figures action figures and things like that that seem to have a pretty solid following um but in terms of nfts i i i don't know it's it's not if you're a traditional collector you know i i don't know that a lot of i i think it's a different market I, i'm not saying that there isn't some viability there um for people who are especially younger and have really embraced technology and and digital, you know, things digitally. And we, we saw uh, several years ago, the buzzword was that the younger people, the younger generation don't like physical products. They don't like to have, you know, they want everything online. They want everything in their hand. Um, but I don't know that that's really played out. You know, I, I don't know that there's a big push for younger people to, to that end of things than there was at any other time, maybe a little bit. But I think for the most part, Collectors are collectors. Young people hang out at the card shop now more than they have in years, you know, because there's so many different new card shops coming out. And, you know, I don't, are they, are those kids and younger people buying NFTs? I, I don't know. I was supposed yeah, to. I don't know. Are, either. I don't, I don't get it. I, yeah, I, I'm I, lost I on it. And I've done a lot of research and I've talked to people that, that that's what they do. And I just, uh, I'm missing something. It's a different, it's a different market. You know, people, I think a lot of these companies that, that have gotten into NFTs and are producing them and like, you know, even the nice licensed ones, their thought was, well, this is a collectible too. And the collectors will come in and they will start buying these digital things. Maybe they collect physical and digital. I think it's one or the other. I, I think there's some crossover. I think, I think you'd be uh, probably naive to say that there are not some card collectors who are buying NFTs. Certainly there are, but, I think for the most part, I think it's just a separate type of 
collectible. You know, it's it's like the guy who only collects um, autographed jerseys. Um, you know, he's a sports collector, but maybe he doesn't collect cards. I, right. I think a lot of them don't. I think a lot of the, the game used collectors have no interest in cards whatsoever and vice versa. You know, the guy that collects cards, you know, doesn't have the room to collect a big rack full of jerseys, you know, and, and uh, maybe one guy collects autographs and he's not really into cards. And, 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 and it's, this is even more drastic than that. I, th- I think it's, you know, you're either collect and if, and again, I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole everybody and say that, you know, nobody who collects cards, because I'm sure there's somebody listening out there who says, well, I do both. Um, but I just think the the marketing is probably going to be a lot different, you know, because I don't think, um, you know, for the most part, I think that the, what I call the traditional card collectors, and it doesn't mean you're over 50, it can mean anybody who just collects cards the way we've always collected cards, whether you're into rookies or serial numbers or modern cards or vintage cards, doesn't matter, you're still kind of a traditional card collector, physical card collector. I think the difference, um, you know, in the marketing is is going to be more toward the people who are not really physical card collectors and really like the digital NFTs. It's something different, you know, it's their sports fans and they, you know, they don't want cards sitting around the house. So they want to collect um, NFTs or, or whatever, something electronic. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it'll be one of those things to see what happens in the, in the coming uh, couple of years. Are you surprised how uh, the popularity of ticket subs and, and, and I say this because, uh, I remember going to the national this year and there seemed to be a lot more ticket stubs available and being sold. And uh, on your, your website, there seems to always be a, a new record for some ticket stub. Are you surprised how popular ticket stubs have become this year? Yeah, I think they were kind of sleepers for a long time. I, you know, and I, and I think especially what's pushed that is the fact that tickets, physical tickets have kind of gone the way of the dinosaur, you know, they're, they're not being produced very much. These teams have gone to the digital side of things. It's made it easier for them, but it's been kind of a bummer for collectors, you know, who love to collect milestone stubs or somebody pitches a no hitter and you want a ticket from the game and you can't get one, you know, you, you got to go through hoops to try and get the company to get the team to, uh, to produce a ticket for you. Unless you just happen to be in on a, a, a lot of times they'll do comp tickets for people um, who, yeah, maybe have some kind of uh, VIP access or whatever, but um, I, I'm not totally surprised. I think I think they have been really underrated for a long time, um, and some of those tickets from the uh, years and years ago, the 40s, 50s, uh, early and earlier than that, um, in, probably into the 60s, um, and, and maybe 70s too, to some extent. Some of the World Series tickets, the bowl game tickets, the Super Bowl tickets are works of art. I mean, they're really yeah. cool. It. it um, and they're they're limited enough to where they're you know a lot of them were tossed away um or forgotten about and and so they're you know you can only fit so many people into a stadium so you know if you subtract the number of people that were there uh from the number of tickets that survived and the number of full tickets obviously is even smaller that went unused um it's it's still a fairly limited um collectible type thing so yeah not not really shocked a little surprised that some of the the big numbers we've seen for some tickets but um i i always go back to the 1919 world series you know for years you could buy a, a ticket stub from the 1919 world series for a few hundred bucks you know maybe six seven hundred in the last you know when you got into the 2000s but um now they've gone up quite a bit and, and i what i always think about is you know what were the person that was holding that ticket 
you know, that day, what were they thinking as they watched that game unfold or one of those yeah. games unfold in the World Series? You know, they a lot of them probably knew something was up. Something didn't look right. You know, the White Sox were not playing like the White Sox. And so um, you, I always just wonder, you know, what, what was that person thinking when they held that? So it's kind of a connection to the actual event itself. Obviously, if you had a ticket, you were probably there unless it's a full ticket. Um, so uh, I, I think it's that's kind of a fun thing to think about when you look at tickets and the, with the artwork and, uh, you know, you put that ticket in somebody's hands that was actually there witnessing the game. Um, I have a ticket uh, from the 1975 World Series. Um, Jackie Robinson, that was his, was there. It was, you know, the Reds and the A's in Cincinnati. And he he was there and just, uh, I think he threw out the first pitch. And it was his last public appearance before he passed away. Um, so that's just kind of, and, and you can buy one of those tickets online, I think, for in really good shape for less than a hundred bucks. You know, so I, I just think that's really cool. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, you own a piece of history, right? It's, it's yeah, only a little yeah. piece of history. Yeah. Well, speaking of Rich Miller, Rich is editor and founder of sportscollectorsdaily.com. Make sure you check out his website. It's a fantastic website. Rich, every it's year we seem to have a, a big find that captures the imagination of the collectors. But I don't think we really had one in 2022, did we? Well, yeah, there have been some. Um, maybe not quite as many kind of jaw droppers that we've seen in the past but um there was there was one just recently um in arizona where a, a couple of brothers and you can read that story on the website under the vintage card news tab um but it was a couple of brothers that uh lived in arizona and they had a uh, inherited some gouty cards hundreds of them uh from their father who had passed away and he had, had gotten them from his father um and the brothers apparently didn't know these cards were in there they went through the guys uh, their father's uh estate and one of the things they had to do was go through a safe deposit box and here are these cards these, and there were 22 babe ruth and lou Gehrig cards in this wow. collection um and you know not all in super shape but still i mean that's and they're all the other hall of famers were in there so um that was kind of neat and and uh, just collect is the company that wound up with those um and they have them on display in new jersey uh have at least in the last uh few weeks so uh if you're in that area you can go see them uh, if they haven't shipped them off for grading yet then there was another 1930s gouty find from the family actually back in may um where there was another these were high grade gouty cards that just been basically stuck away by an employee um and they went through the family and luckily never tossed them out and, they, and those were out there um and we've seen some other things too of uh you know there was some t206 finds and that kind of thing but um yeah always fun when those pop up and uh, every year you think well we've probably maybe seen the last of the the great finds but that never seems to be the case and so there's always something that's uh, uh unknown to the world until it comes out do you do you still seeing uh, our hobby as a whole being healthy in 2023? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've always heard this, you know, gloom and doom talk about the economy is, you know, going going the wrong direction and that kind of thing. But a lot of times I think people retreat to collectibles when that happens. And I don't know if we're going to see that kind of deep depths of despair that people have been talking about anyway. But um, I, I think uh, I, I think we've seen. Uh, in the last couple of years that, yes, we've had some newcomers come in and, and then leave as, as things have changed here this year. But I think that there's no doubt that the base of collectors that we had um, in 2019, say, is, has grown because a lot of people have come in and stayed in. And you've had a rededication from a lot of the people who have been in it for years who, you know, have seen 
what's happened. And it's exciting, you know, whether you're talking about uh, big card sales or just more shows, there's a lot more shows going on now. So I think the excitement among the new collectors is, I mean, the, the collectors who've been here a long time is, is big too. You know, it's, it's nice to see that there's a lot of buzz and a lot of interest in the hobby, even though it's probably pulled back a little bit from the craziness of the pandemic era. But um, still, I think there's a lot of, a lot of energy. There's still a lot of corporate interest, people that want to get into uh, buying a company, starting a company that provides a service or whatever. Um, and, and I think that, uh, I think we'll see, I think they'll see actually things get better because a lot of the, what's happening, you know, with the companies that are trying to get into this space is they're trying to make it easier, better um, for people to show their cards off, to buy and sell, to do things. And, and uh, I think fanatics will do some stuff um, that will be a little bit revolutionary. I think once they kind of get a bigger foothold in this thing. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's funny. I've heard the the talk about the, the hobby is dying for, for years and years. No, I know um, you and me both. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 embedded it's like uh art stamps coins whatever you know people are collectors by nature and they're going to continue to do that so yeah pretty optimistic i think going forward that it's going to be as good or better or uh, you know people complain about a lot of different things associated with the hobby prices or i wish things were back in the 80s the way you know 50 cent packs and all that we're not going back to that but there's yeah, still no. still thousands of ways you can enjoy this thing by you know even if all you're doing is going to the card show and, and buying quarter cards or dollar cards which i know you do a lot and to send them off for autographs and things like that and that's awesome you know that's there's so many different ways that you can um participate in this thing no matter whether you you know you've got 20 bucks a week to spend or you know two million dollars a week there's always something you can do well i, I think we're still in the infancy in terms of how technology is going to uh, be part of our our hobby and, and the different companies that are out there. I know, uh, you know, Ted Mann and Collects has, has made leaps and bounds of what, what they do. There's all sorts of you know, other companies as partnerships being being put together with all these different companies. So I think I, I think we're we're just starting to see the advantage of how technology can help the collector. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and you hope that those people are collectors themselves so they understand the whole experience. And I think for the most part they are. Um, you know, they, they just have a passion for trying to make things better and and that's good. It's a lot of times it's getting the word out that's hard and getting people to try it. Um, and it's not for everybody sometimes, some of the new technology that comes in. Um, you know, we've seen the fractional shares market, which you know, some people have loved and some people don't. And um you know, but it's uh, it's another way to to collect. So I I think uh, yeah, and I think the fact that we've seen a lot of social media growth too. There's a lot of business being transaction transacted on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and places like that uh, as people look to circumvent some of the uh, costs that they face in some of the more traditional markets. So and I think those have really shot up too. That's kind of been an under under. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I don't. I don't know. I know you're on Twitter all the time, and Twitter used to be nothing. Have nothing with collectibles, and now it's one of my favorite places to go for collectible news. Yeah, yeah, and, and Facebook. There's some of these groups that where you sell um, cards to other collectors or auction things. Those are really vibrant marketplaces. There's a lot going. There's a lot, a lot of groups out there, and and seems to be you know for the most part the fraud is pretty. Yeah, yeah, pretty limited you know there's not a lot of bad apples out there it's kind of like ebay when ebay first started you know it was like the the founder said i'm putting the trust in, in my 
belief in the fact that most people are good. And that's the way it worked out that, um, you know, now there's all kinds of security things in, in place to protect against fraud because there's a lot more people that are in it now. But in the early days, it wasn't nearly that big. And you did kind of rely on the, the trust and the faith and the, uh, the goodness of people uh, in, in their intentions. And for the most part, it worked out and eBay became obviously a huge success. And the same thing is true, you know, on these social media markets, because there's fewer regulations and things in place. And you're kind of crossing your fingers that everything works out. And sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes there is somebody out there that is looking to, um, you know, make a, a um, make some money for, for, you know, in a negative sort of way. But I think, uh, you know, those people get weeded out eventually and the market as a whole becomes stronger because of that. Um, so that's another big part of the market that a lot of people don't talk about that continues to grow every year and really grew a lot. I think in the last 12 to 14 months was the, the, mar no, the, the buying and selling of stuff on social media. Thanks. Rich Miller is editor and founder of sportscollectorsdaily.com. Thanks, Rich, for looking back at 2022 and looking ahead to 2023. I want to wish you a happy uh, new year, and we will catch you on the other side, as they say. Hey, you too, Jeff. Thanks a lot for having me, and uh, happy new year to you and all the listeners out there. All right. all right. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, Drew, I really love talking to Rich. He always has great insight. He he does this more than anyone I know in terms of he's he's got his finger on the pulse of the hobby you know he's just he knows what's going on he, he he's tied in with so many people and he's, he's been a great friend of the, sh the show yes i mean it's always great hearing from him we've and i mean we had him on that live show that was always great having him there and i always look forward to hearing anything he has to say well drew we wrapped up a full year 52 episodes done for season four we will start season five next week we have the San Diego chicken, which I can't believe it. I, I still, um, I can't, I'm pinching myself that I couldn't, I, I got to talk to the, the San Diego chicken. That was so fun. I want to thank Rich Miller for joining us. I want to thank Mark Camps for joining us. I want to thank Les Wolf for joining us. I want to thank Drew for all his help and work, hard work this year. It's been a great year. Uh, we are going to do the give a card, get a card. If you, you, you got a couple days to still get your cards into me, I'm going to start processing those um, next week and I will have my everything, all those out by the end of next week. I promise you, you, if you sent a card in for give a card, get a card, you will get your card. Uh, some, you know, I'll send it out the end of next week. You should see it. Uh, well, you know, maybe in a, about a week and a half, I guess, whatever. Well, the, well yeah. it's going to be fun. I got a good stack of them. So it's, you know, when we first started, it was kind of slow, slow rolling, but we got, I got a good stack of them. So we're going to, I'm looking, I haven't, I, it's going to be like uh, Christmas because I haven't opened uh, nine, nine tenths of them. So I haven't, I don't even know what's in these envelopes. So looking forward to that. As I said, next week, the San Diego chicken guys, happy new year to everyone. Be safe. Many happy returns to all of you guys. We'll see you next week. Be good.